This is Tim Vigil, the great, the one, the only. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Read Faust, live Faust, sell your soul. <laughs> You were shy on man, that, that one. Like, man, that was like, uh, oh. it was so, ah, uh, that it took the words right out of his mouth. <laughs> man. That's rare, right? Jason Wooden, without a whoop, or a, a word. It was fun, though. But as I was saying. No, you don't want to uh, do it now, because people won't be able to hear you. Oh yeah, why would it? Uh, Black Angels. It's heavy reverb, um, lots of repetition, Velvet Underground inspired. It's it's loud and it resounds. So I, I I'm afraid for Brother Dap that his his comments will be obscured by the music. Mm-hmm. And we don't it's want that. that. That people might not. Oh, he's bugging. You don't know what he's talking about. That shit's whack. What's whack? Why don't you let them decide? Oh no! Oh. That, which is why I I didn't want to really talk about it out loud because it's 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 just one of those things where, like I said, with with Fury Max, we talked about the whole thing in one sitting. We 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 went, you know, we dove into a couple of issues here and there, but overall, we kind of talked about the chapters and 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 it. In its entirety, but whereas Punisher the Platoon gushed about the first issue, mostly because I was happy to have the team back. Uh, but after reading the second issue, I it was one of those things where I think if I'm going to do a deep dive and, and gush about this, I'm going to wait until it's over. Because even though the second issue moved the story along and, and Garth and Gorn are doing some fantastic work and, and um, I like I, I like the characters in the book it's it's not like the second issue was jam packed full of action there were there was some neat little little comments from some of the soldiers and it works but as far as you know taking a few minutes out of an episode and talking about that that single issue of that particular comic I don't there's not a lot for me to just analyze on on one particular issue of the platoon, at least with the second issue. I mean, things might change with the third or fourth, but I think right now the way it's going, I might just wait until it's done and then go all in on it. Well, that's a wise decision. And you, <laughs> yeah, well, I, you're a wise person. And you at home have made a wise decision as well because you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics episode 502. That's right. Wow. And uh, yeah, and I am Vince B. You are Vince B. And you know, now this is we used to be able to say, oh, you know, for 430 weeks, for 489 weeks, for 499 weeks, we, we've been doing, but now when we get to those weeks where we do two episodes, we kind of, I can't use that number as, as a way to say this is how I have to kind of round up with years, I guess. It, it's right. Weird. But I, the person who will be doing that is is me, David A. Price. That is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming at you like a nightmare. I'm Malcolm Merlin. 
He's so happy to be watching this show. I really uh, want to find that screen capture. What screen capture? From the name that we could never remember. Oh, I know. It was a perfect name, and I wish it was so perfect, was. I would want you to be it every week. I know, I know. But no, you're I'm not. I'm the captain. You're not Malcolm Jamal Warner. You are. <laughs> what did I do now? He oh, he's in a new show. Merlin. Oh, Malcolm Merlin. Oh, he's in, uh, he, Malcolm Jamal Warner's in, uh, that new show, um, 10 Days in the Valley. Is he? Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. Now you're Jason Wood, everybody. That's right, I am, bitches. That's Coming right. at you. Coming at you like a hurricane. That's right. Like a so what's up? Ball. Me and Miley Cyrus. Oh, boy. <laughs> great voice. I do have to say that about her. She does have a great voice. I think when she's approaching 30 and she she fills out a little bit she eats a few more sandwiches she's gonna be mega fine really i think she's mm-hmm. got a, like a little bit of a woodchuck face but that's okay how she's, much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood she's good enough for my man wayne coin and the lips then she's good enough for me wait what yeah miley has done things with the flaming lips oh but she's with um she's with thor's little brother now Oh yeah. yeah, no, I don't. I don't know about her romantic life. I don't mm. pay attention to the tabloids, unlike yourself. Um, but <laughs> see what I did you, there. You, you, you know what? Uh, you, you know Sven Gulli's weekly schedule, though. You got it memorized. That's right. right. Why you got to be chopping on me, <laughs> dude? Dude, pri- what, what what decade is this? Priorities. Chirp chirp. And you better get your priorities in order because the new order form is coming up very soon at Discount Comic Book Service, right. and they are the absolute only place you should be getting your books. Why? Because the discounts are ridiculous. You will pay far more, far less. Wow, that's the worst comic shop ever when you pay far more than the cover far price. Far more. At, at DCBService.com, you will pay far less than that price printed on the cover or the back or wherever it is. Such as, let's do the rundown now because I don't think you're going to be hearing these ever again. From DC. Yeah, because I'll be reading all this. From Well, Jason won't, but Dap and I will. From DC... It's Lobo by Keith Giffen and Alan Grant, trade, oh, paper, no. trade paperback, volume one. It contains, this is the last time you'll hear this, Lobo, one to four, Lobo paramilitary Christmas special, Lobo's back, Lobo blazing chain of love, and the one I haven't read, the Lobo convention special, number one. Dap says it's great. Uh, cover price on this thing is twenty four ninety nine, but you... Mr. and Mrs. Intelligent can have it for $12.49. From Dynamite, it's Barbarella, the character made famous by Jane Fonda, Hanoi Jane. It's a $3.99 cover price. Your price is $1.99. And the covers are amazing on this thing. There's a ton of them. If you're a variant cover collector, Barbarella number one is going to break your bank. Uh, lastly, but certainly not leastly, it's Rocco's Modern Life from Boom. Cover price three ninety nine. Your price? Dap. Tell them what they're going to bring it home for. Dollar ninety nine. Exactamundo says Richie Cunningham. You save fifty percent. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order additions, and you get your books delivered right into your semi-sweaty fanboy hands. 
nothing could be easier than DCBService.com. It keeps the that straight. It keeps the wife happy. Well, there you go. It does. Respect. If I paid retail, I would be living in a cardboard box. Oh. Uh oh. Living in a cardboard box. It's like we're there. Oh, the Doges. Yeah. You mean the Doges? I gotta be honest. Not to make you guys feel bad, but ever since y'all were here, they just like they got like PTSD. Come on, son. I we swear, treat. I swear. Ever since y'all were here, they now they bark at any movement or sound that isn't us. Maybe we should come again to undo it. I think you need to. You need right. To rec- you need, you to. need to rectify. Yes. yes. Bring some wine to yeah. go with, to Speaking go with that fine. Wine, yeah. What you drinking, Mister Great Man? You talking to that? Talking to you. No, You're the new great talking. man. Oh, well, I'm I'm finishing. Oh. I'm not the new great man. Episode five hundred two. I'm. <laughs> You're lucky. I love you. I swear to God. Uh, from Concha Itoro, I'm drinking the last of the Frontera Malbec, and Dap kind of poked fun at me last episode because I said the Frontera Merlot. And he's like, yeah, and then it became a Malbec because that's what it is. And he was right to a point, but mm-hmm. he was also wrong because at the very same time I bought this bottle of Malbec, I bought a bottle of Conchi Itoro Frontera Merlot. And that's on deck mm-hmm. because this bottle's almost finished. Mm-hmm. See what I did there? Dap, it's all for you, brother. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, it's no, I, I know completely you. about that. I do appreciate, though. Well, you should, because I don't take leads from very many people in this life. That is true. That is very true. Yep. Um, Not right. because I have it all figured out, because I just don't care. You're on that. Yeah, no, I, I guess. I, I get it. I, I feel you. I, I feel guess. You. I'd love to feel what Jason's drinking. Well, it's been a week. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's the busy time for me at work. And it's my most stressful time because our portfolio companies report their quarterly results. And we're long-term investors, right? You know, we're trying to own things for multiple years over long business cycles. But the market is very short-term in its focus. So these earnings reports, as they're called, are often very tumultuous times for stocks. They either go up a lot or down a lot. And uh, so it's like it's mad frustrating for someone like me. It's uh, it's it's maddening, in fact. So, I uh, I needed to relax tonight, extra special relax. So I'm uh, I'm going Vegas style. I'm drinking sugar-free Red Bull and Grey Goose vodka. Nice. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's my that's my Vegas drink. So I'm going Vegas style. I just was tired of the wine. Wasn't feeling the wine tonight. Hmm. Yep. And I'm Jim Kramer. No, you're not Jim Kramer. Oh, stop, God. You're Jason. <laughs> you're Jason oh. Wood. When I was a young buck analyst, when I was first on the street co- covering software stocks, because I was the low man on the totem pole, I had to call Jim Kramer, who was a client of our firm back when he was a hedge fund manager before he was a personality. I had to call him every morning with our with our big calls of the day, and he was such an asshole. He would hang up on me in mid-sentence every day. Wow. It would just be like a running clock to see how many words I could get up before he hung up on me. Unheard never, of. Never a thank you. 
never uh, he just would I just start talking I'd have like a script I'd just start talking and then he would just hang up sometimes in 15 seconds sometimes in three minutes and I just keep talking until he hung up why didn't you text him the the information instead of actually well, calling was, him. dude I'm old this was the 90s was oh okay all right no I get it but yeah. you know what because of that I suddenly have this very strong urge to punch Jim Jim uh, Kramer in yeah. the face well, it's yep. hysterical because then he went and he got out of the game and he started becoming a person, a TV personality. And now, by all accounts, everybody says he's he's a darling. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe he just hated that life, and now that he's got a different life, he's a cool dude. But mm. all I know is my personal experience with him for about a two year period is that he was an absolute douche nozzle. He <laughs> say it again. A douche nozzle. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <sighs> uh, bringing it down. Tap. What are you sipping on? Vince, I pulled out a uh, a good old favorite. This is uh, Mato Backbone Cabernet Sauvignon. Nyon, nice. Make that your new favorite. Domo arigato, Mr. Robato. Oh, dude. You know, uh, I love all types of music. Sticks really... <laughs> Gets under my skin for some reason. Really? Yes, and no, no more so than Mr. Roboto. That song just infuriates me when I hear it. I, I can listen to the opening guitar jangle of Lightning Strikes by Live, and it sends a shiver up my spine of revulsion. Um, but when, when I hear that Domo Arigato, the begin, it just, I want to kill things. I just don't like it. I don't know why. Mm. I have no reason to dislike it other than I don't know why. It just it just absolutely infuriates me when I hear sticks, especially mm. Mr. Roboto. And I hate live too, but whatever. Oh, now, I know that's sad. That. I, know, I know it saddens you. I know. It does. It really bums me out because I love live. I've seen it. Well, I loved. I can't say I've listened to it in a long time, but, but uh, York PA, man. Local boys, how you know? It's local pretentious boys. I don't understand the pretentious. Like I saw him in college; they're just a bunch of regular dudes. Like whatever. Yeah. I just I the lightning. It's so emo and so weepy, and 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 I'm gonna raise my son. No, like oh god, I know the, there were what? Did you just make fun of Weezer? No, I like Weezer. I said Oasis. Oh, Oasis. Oh, yeah, really. Well, the dr- you talk about the drama. You're here, so I'll whoa, leave that son. Alone. Check it. I'll leave that alone. Check it. Dap, you need to step up on the mic. We're we're you're muffled. That's we weird. we can't yeah. has that. We can't have oh, it. I had that. That's because yeah. he's got one hand on his basement wall at all times. Stop. Why? Uh, Why? <laughs> Dude, sometimes got to rip the bandaid off. Just got to rip it's it right not off. Sunday. Uh, it's calm outside right now. <laughs> Lord. Or t- <laughs> all right let's talk about i i probably yes. have thank yous but i didn't get to open the packages one has the name will pfeiffer on it and i haven't gotten around to opening them but i will and and next episode i will definitely give my thank yous thank that's excellent yeah vague i'm i'm vague casting it's not like i wanted anything from will pfeiffer that's cool yeah that's cool will don't worry about it dude. well Dude, why you got to do that? Because we love Will. We, we love should Will. have him on very soon, just to sit and chat a spell. All right. Hey, and Jack. and seriously, that thing I, I texted you today on the Slack, can you make that happen? No. What, what, why suddenly? Like I just want to talk to him again. So confusing to me. 
Well, yes. you, you're never going to figure me out. You're never. No, I'm, I'm all for that, but we have other more pressing guests we need to have we on. We do. That's true. Like who? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But, I mean, uh, we can schedule this man sometime soon, can't we? Yeah, but he's like a force of nature, so I think oh. you need to catch him like right then and there. Which is we why you need to actually in the hopper that we need to get done before <sighs> we lose the before we get Christopher Priests. I hate scheduling. I really do. <laughs> I know you do. I know. Which is why I think you secretly want to do the show every night because then you just know that it's always happening and don't have to schedule. Ye- yes. Can we? No. Uh... <laughs> All right, let's talk about. Listen, the let's count. keep it one hundred. I love doing the show with y'all, but when I do the show, I don't get any, any, any clickety clack. No, you play pong with the boys now? There's no, there's no, there's no I Mac talk? Daddy, Daddy Mac on the night I'm doing the show. Uh, oh, well. There's no steady rock and knocking in boots. There's no thong song. Can we talk about comic, please? I don't know what you're saying. Hi, this is Matt D out in Crown Point, Indiana. I'm calling 11 o'clock comics to wish you guys a happy 500th episode. Uh, big fan, big listener since about, uh, episode 300 something. Anyway, take it easy, David, um, Vince, and Jason, and I look forward to your 500th episode. <laughs> Dap and I are going to talk about one of the two books that I owe the patrons. What do you mean? You're welcome to too, but it's not on your list. But you don't, you don't have a very, up-to-date list, really, so I don't know if... I don't make a list. I don't make a list. About you just made a list. I'm looking at your list for today. You no, posted just, it at 10 p.m. May I, may I explain? Like, sure. you guys who go on the Patreon, you say, this is what I'm reading. Help a brother mm-hmm. out. Well, I don't do that, and I won't do that, because when I'm getting things together for the show that I've read, sometimes I... Even a book I may have loved, I'll be like, I really don't want to talk about that this week, so I push it off. Right, but you, no, you, you guys well, commit. Maybe, maybe you both commit. Those books, and maybe you will chime in. But either way, okay. Uh, I said I promised I would discuss it, and I see on Dap's list that he also is up to date on it, so we can tag on it. Do that. You are right, you sure? You're okay with that? I'm positive. <laughs> Do it. I'm a little, a little frustrated. That what is it? I'm looking at your list. I can't figure it out. What is it? Mister Miracle. Oh, okay. Dose and Trace. Nice. You're not up to date? No. Doesn't matter. Regale us. It doesn't matter. It it does if you want to. You can join in if you're up to date. No, I'm not up to date. That's what I'm saying. Ah. So do it. See. Well, uh, written by Mr. Tom King. Incredible. Illustrious illustrations by Mr. Mitch Jarrods. Uh, we discussed the first issue at length. We, all three of us gushed about it, including that scotch tape, though. The scotch tape. Yep. That's awesome. Um, I don't think we discussed issue number two, did we? We did not. No. And subsequent to that, issue number three has come out. Uh, it is the continuation of uh, where we left off in issue one. Um, Scott had um, tried to commit suicide as uh, in a in essence, the ultimate escape um, and had been recovering from that. And then he and Barda were called uh, back to uh, new Genesis to help in a war that was going on with uh, dark side and his crew. 
And issue number two picks up a miss that war. And I have to say, I was actually Vince. I, I know you aren't up to date, but I, you can weigh in on this. I, in the limited comic exposure I've had to Mister Miracle, he's always been happy go lucky for the most part. I never really thought thought of him as a badass, even though by biography he should be a badass growing up on Apocalypse. But but I never he never was never really portrayed that way, at least from what I've read. But in this issue, he is portrayed as an absolute like next level G.I. Joe meets Ninja Clan badass. Wow. I he's, mean, he's, he's a prankster. A, I mean, he's he's a punster. Sorry, right? And he almost and like a, a, like a Loki, right? Or like a like like apocaly- apocalypse's version of uh, Spider Man, kind of. Not don't compare right. the powers, but just like hopping mm-hmm. around, taunting, joking, a free spirit. Mm-hmm. Well, in issue number two, it starts out where he is. Um, he is basically wrecking shop with parademons. He's just killing them hand-to-hand, just destroying them one by one. And he's essentially like a special forces agent for the New Gods. He's being sent spot-to-spot to to just take out key strategic assets, and he's just laying waste to them. Um, and, uh, And then we get to see... We get to see him and uh, Barda nude. Like, they're, they're in the skins. They're hitting the skins, Vince. And I gotta say, That's I never cool. thought Barda was that attractive, but but Mitch <laughs> Mitch makes her look good. Yeah, yeah, right. Am I wrong, Gap? You are not. You are not. She's quite fetching. Now, another thing I need your help with in this in this story, um, Orion is the high father. When did that happen? Did, as far as I'm concerned, it didn't. Okay, so where where, where is they set it up like like that's the new status quo? This must be like one of those things where if you're reading a, you know, a Thor book and at a time when maybe Balder was in charge or see, I'm I'm thinking though that this is all self-contained, so everything's happening in this series. So everything, I'm hoping anyway. I'm reading it as in. Well, Tom said this is in continuity. Right, but where else are the new gods hanging out? Right, but admittedly they've. We haven't read a lot of the stuff they've been in the last few years, right? Like they just had that. that they that had Green the Dark Lantern, Side War. They had that Green Lantern. They had the Dark Side War. And they had the Green Lantern uh, book a couple years ago. I'm only saying there's no back. There's no back note. So at some point in the last few years of continuity, Orion became the High Father, and I didn't know that. That's all I'm asking is if y'all knew when that happened. No idea. No. Well, he is the High Father, and he's an absolute douche. He's a yeah. he's a Jim Cramer. It it is yeah. Orion. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, so that that's true to form. Tom definitely has the character down for that. Because uh, High Father was shown. That was a flashback in the first dip issue. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Unless maybe he he pulled a, an Odin sleep and he's just he went on a walkabout and that's why Orion has taken over. Yeah, I mean they roll up and they're like, "Yo, what's up, dude?" And uh, they're kind of just standing there, and uh, Light Ray's like, who I guess is Orion's right hand man now, is said, uh, "Hey, listen, uh, 
we're at a time of war, so we got some formalities, and y'all need to bow to show respect to the High Father. And they're both like, what the fuck? They're like, what? But uh, they they do, and it's great panels. It's, it's like them standing, and then this really you mad bro close mm. up of Orion's face, then them standing, then, of course, no surprise, Barda acquiesces and kneels first because she's a rule follower. And then she gives uh, she gives Scott the stink, the stink eye. Like, get, get your ass <laughs> then on pulls him down. Yeah. yeah, then pulls him down by the arm, and they both kneel. And then... <laughs> And then they show Orion, and he's still giving them that stink eye. And then Mitch draws it where it's the same. It's almost like a stat. It's a panel, but then dude's lips curl just yeah, a smidge. So slightly. Yeah. As though he's, like, happy that they did that. And then he says, uh, it's a blessing. It's our time of need. We need you as High Father of New Genesis. Please accept my gratitude for your service. And then Light Ray's all giddy, and he's like, oh, that's great. You did good. You guys can stand now as if, like, the formalities are over. But, um yeah, in essence, and then they they basically sent, tell him his mission is to go after um, go after uh, uh, great goodness. goodness. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what they have to do, and they have to go after. It. But but amidst this, Scott is having these visions, these dreams of Metron, and Metron's telling him that uh, that you're not the face of God, and he keeps screaming at him, "You're not the face of God," and just over and over. Um, in his dreams. And then Scott wakes up and has no idea what that's all about. Uh, and then he goes off to fight granny and granny is, uh, doing her thing. She's an amazing character, by the way. Uh, I do think she's pretty cool. I've, I've again, not read much of her, but every time I've read her, I've always thought she's pretty cool. Um, are you a fan of granny goodness, Vince? And of any, anything Kirby created. <laughs> that's interesting. Not to be on the, to, to not, not as an aside, but, it is not my mission to find something that Kirby did that you don't like. It's not possible. I like even the garbage. Really? And there there was some even that he... Even stuff he did for, for Topps Comics, where mm-hmm. it was like Jack at the end of his career, and we just got to make some money. Like, um, what is it, Night Glider and, and Bombast? Like, they're not yeah, great. They're, they're really not great characters, but I love them. I just can't help it. Dap, what the fuck was up with the Jello? <laughs> she made jello she made jello like they, they go they go to talk to granny and i guess it's one of those things where she knows why they're there they know why they're there but they're still gonna have a little sit down and she's like well let's have some jello and she makes free <laughs> <jello. laughs> let's have there's some <laughs> there's always there's room for shit. jello <laughs> yeah and then she's got a thing of jello um in front of this 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 guy she's torturing yeah, and he's bound He's bound and gagged. Well, not gagged. He's bound, actually. And he's all emaciated like he hasn't eaten in weeks. Uh, and then she says she's starving him to death, so she put the jello in front of him while they're talking just to torture him, uh, which is, I think, typical of her as a character. Um, and then we get those dark side is interstitials again, mm-hmm. which, by the way, did you see who's who's responsible for dark side is? Yeah, yes. Graham Morrison. No. No. He, what? No. Not, not not in Tom's book. Anyway. Not not in terms of why Tom's using it. You mean within the narrative? Yes. No. Well, well, within no, Tom's wh- narrative, but how right. how who gave Tom the germ of the idea to use it, or who 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 said it to Tom that that Tom decided to run away with it, or put it, yeah, putting it more distinctly, it's the catalyst that let Tom decide he had a story worth telling with these characters. What is there a text page in this thing? How do you know no. this? Cause because we know him. 
because we know we know the person that's that was the impetus for this. And Tom sang his praises recently about it. And you spoke with this person, Vince. I we can... have him on video. <sighs> we have him on video. That narrows it down to like a dozen people. Comic creator. Yes. Ryan Brownie. No. No. That'd be great, though, but no. <laughs> Gabriel Hardman. No. Well, who? But you're on that. You're on the right side of the. Of the yeah, back. you're actually in the right location. You're, you're in the right row. <laughs> who do you think would? I know. I hate these guessing games, but seriously, Wait, they're, they're in the same row as 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 Gabriel and as as Ryan mm-hmm. were at the con. Julian. Yes. Yep. What was it? Was it Baltimore or was it? I don't know. Tom was saying that he he was having a chat with Julian, and Julian explained to him the idea of Dark Side is and what was meant by it. And he 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 went home and he wrote this story. Wow, yeah. crazy, right? No, not crazy. That's yeah, awesome. Right. Yeah, crazy, cool, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so anyway, so they're they're back doing their thing, and uh, and Granny's she's trying to double speak. Um. She's talking about how, like, they wanted uh, that that uh, Orion wanted her to kill him, um, you know, and 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 you know, it seems like you don't know if he's if she's playing with his mind or not. And then she says, "What's well, the prophecy? It's the prophecy that compels them. Darkseid can only die by the hands of his own son." Um, and uh, like, basically, she's getting to him. He's he's he's. Maudlin, he's looking at her like he's maybe getting second thoughts, and then fucking bludgeoned, a, a, a mace bludgeons Granny Goodness to death, and Barda's like, all right. So basically, like while Scott's kind of pussyfooting around, uh, Barda's like, nah, dude, we're here to do something, and she just beats the shit out of uh, Granny Goodness to death. Um, and that's pretty much. I mean, issue two is pretty much about them, them, uh, them uh, killing. Granny goodness. And then they zoom off in the boom tomb to, to their next mission, you know, on a job well done. It, it, it was dark much. This is a dark book. Needless to say, I mean, it's the, considering the first issue was about him trying to commit suicide. Now this, but, uh, but this is not your, um, this is not your, 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 your dad's Mr. Miracle. This is, uh, this guy's got, he's got issues everybody's got issues. The new guys have issues. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's some some panels, especially when they're in in the dark, um, with the, the candlelight, or even the um, the flashback to Orion. Really give me a, and this is a compliment. Really gives me a uh, Sienkiewicz vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I love the uh, the scene where um, Barda. And Scott are crossing the the campgrounds, going into each each tent, and and it looks like Bart is just kind of walking, but Scott's doing all these acrobatic flips, and but the sound effects are uh, phonetic but misspelled, so it's like sneak but S N E E K and turn with T R N, run with two N's, um, fight fight F I T E. Uh, but it was just, it was, it was very much like a Billy from the family circus 
going from tent to tent and you follow along with the uh with the dotted lines the second issue was um was dense it was but it was a great follow-up to the first issue and and it's still a um it's it's definitely still but still i mean now with the third issue uh it's a book where i i keep swiping or i i don't know that the issue is actually over until i see that it's the end of the issue like there's nothing on the last panel of the last page of the issue to let you know to be continued or next issue or the title or because the credits are at the beginning of the book it's just i'm like i was expecting more story and and that's it so that that's one minor complaint if you even want to call it that but because i want more i just i get to the end and i'm like i i I didn't know that was that was the end which is cool because i like you watch you watch tv or if you, you you physically have the book in your hand you know how much story is left and and at least here i'm i'm so into it that by the time i get to the end and 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 i'm wanting more and and that's all i have now i know i have to wait you shouldn't know how much story you have left stop looking at the thing at the tv Uh that shows you how much don't look at that no i'm if if i'm watching an hour show i don't track packages i don't want to know how much of a show's left either but if i'm watching an hour show and it's been 40 minutes. I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I, what like, I'm saying is you should know it's been 40 minutes. Don't look at any clocks or anything. Like, remove yourself from everything. The forward, the, the, the meter comes up. It's, it's, it's all good. I'm just saying. I, oh. If something's an hour, I know what, what, what to expect. I, that's okay, not whatever. important thing. I'm just saying, you know, it, whatever. No, not whatever dismissing you. Whatever. I just don't I understand it. I don't I get know. it. I don't understand not tracking packages, but you do you. I know. We do well, us. But in the third issue, Vince, we 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 get we are regaled in the first three pages with Orion cutting Granny Goodness's head off. So it's gonna stick. Knife. It's gonna stick. Uh I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Um and while while he's cutting her head off panel by panel, we're regaled with the most horrific Christmas tale ever. It's yeah. Scott, Scott recalling um, recalling a story that Granny used to tell at Christmas time, and it's a horrible story about the Holocaust. It's horrible. It's horrible. Um, but while while her head's getting cut off, and then uh, Scott's back in bed as he often is at home, chilling in his apartment. I would be and too. Farger shows up. I mean, Bug shows up. Yeah, Farger, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yep. Far, Farger shows up, and he's like, "What's up, my dude?" And I guess as it turns out. Um, because they successfully took out Granny Goodness, um, Forager says uh, that uh, that Orion wants to keep up the offensive and go to Apocalypse and take the fight to them. And uh, Scott's like, uh, "Well, yeah, cool, dude, but like, I'm 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 on leave right now. I gotta I gotta do something here on Earth." And uh, Forager tells him about how um, basically, you know, his people are always on the front lines and they get slaughtered, and that's their lot in life, whatever. And he accepts that, but then. Um, they did this awful thing to his queen. Orion did this awful thing to his queen and that he and the bugs won't follow Orion in the battle, but they will follow Scott in the battle. And that from here on out, he's their leader. Um, and as he's pledging his allegiance uh, to uh, to him, uh, a boom tube opens up and it's freaking Light Ray and Light Ray disintegrates Forager. Yeah. Fucking just takes them out. This is this is this is the Game of Thrones version of, of yeah. the new gods. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I'm I'm thinking now. Now I'm strongly uh, in the camp where this may be all a product of of uh, of Scott's Scott's mind. mind. Yeah, because even as I'm looking at again the um, the grainy goodness execution panels, um, it it's that same uh, distorted video. Yeah, that, it is. that that it was is, yeah, uh, yeah with the warping and stuff, and, right? Yes, right. Exactly. So, but the but the the forager thing isn't though. I mean, that's strong. That, but but that was um, that was Scott getting up out of bed, going to get some milk, sitting in, on the couch in his own home. Yeah, why would forager home. be in his own home? And then well, he boom tubed in, and he did right, and then and he went back to bed. So yeah. that. It the seeds are there where it could be a dream. I'm not saying it is, but it's it's if if Tom were to reveal that you know Scott's been in a coma for 12 issues, you know, I wouldn't I I I wouldn't cry foul because you know some of the if you look back there may be some clues there where it's like you know not everything you saw is what Scott thinks really happened. Yeah. So, I mean I'm, I'm I'm fine either way. It's a story. I'm along with it, but I I'm not. I'm not. A, I don't think I'm as shocked as I should be by the death of some major characters or major characters just yet. Right. Yeah. No, that's and then true. again, I mean, it, yeah, there's definitely. No, it is called a boom tube, right? It's not called an ambient noise tube. I mean, if it, if a boom tube opens up in your your living room, isn't Barda going to hear it? She's she's sound asleep. I mean, she is the most. Well, come which on. Is, which is another thing about like you know she she there are times where Barda is completely oblivious to what's going on I, yeah, I, but there's some fantastic moments like when you're having lunch mm-hmm. um well he goes she's... back to bed and he, he snuggles with her and he says he loves her then he says uh you missed forager and light ray and then dark side is pops up and then he says dark side is everyone says that but what does it mean i bet it doesn't mean anything people just like just think it sounds cool um so yeah i mean there's definitely something going on about the, the idea of, of distorted reality uh, and then the next part of the book is Scott trying to do one of his famous escapes uh, on Earth, you know, as 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 the entertainer. Um, and then there's a great, like David said, there's a great lunch scene where they're chilling out on the outside patio having lunch, and uh, um, and they're just doing their thing, their their couples thing. And uh, she confirms that uh, you know they they're wanted back on the front lines because uh, um, you know they they uh, they're getting ready to invade Apocalypse. Um, and like he says, he doesn't know what's real and what's not. And then she says, well, I'm real, you know? So I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I think it's, it, maybe it's a mix of maybe some of it's in his head, but some of it's going on. Cause like he even says, there's something wrong with me. And, and, and Barta says, no, I know, honey, we're, and, and we're going to fight that together. I promise after the war, he says, this isn't about what I did. It, it It's, I was trying to escape. I, I was trying, I mean, it could be that I'm not stupid. It's really sometimes I don't know what's real. And she says, sitting across the table from him, well, that's easy, darling. I'm real. And he looks at her and then he shows more food in his face. So, and then somebody comes over to take a selfie and which was a really cool moment. Um, but obviously now if that's, that's been this photographic evidence, so to speak. So maybe I'm sure the lunch 
probably happened. I, it, but still, there, there's just there are definitely. Um, it, it, it's. I don't think I'm meant to take this at face value. Sure. No, I agree. And then he, he they have a, a powwow. He and Orion have a powwow. And Orion's like, dude, what's going on? Why don't you have your army? Why aren't you built, getting your army ready? And uh, and Scott's like, I listen, I, I Darkseid has the anti-life equation, and I think it might be inside of me. I think that's what made me try to kill myself. And he says, do you have the equation in you? And uh, Orion turns to him and says, have you ever seen the face of God? Which is, remember what Metron, he was dreaming about Metron saying about how you hadn't, you're not the face of God. And then uh, Orion's like, I'm asking you a question. He's just beating him, starts beating, just beating Scott down, screaming at him. Have you ever seen the face of God? And uh, just, I mean, just brutally for pages and pound pages, beats him down, kicks him, punches him, beats him up to a bloody pulp. Um, Steps on his face. And then, and then, but, and then this is where to your point, I mean, something's amiss because Orion takes his helmet off and he says, see me. And this is the face of God. And he keeps saying it over and over. This is the face of God. But as he's saying it, the face is is getting fuzzy and distorted and fading in and out into another face. Um, and I guess the face is um, Dr. Bedlam. But I don't know what Dr. Bedlam looks like, so I don't know yeah. if that's... Um, but it's hinted that it's... I mean, it's definitely another face. So again, maybe it's I don't know. Vince does Doctor Bedlam have powers that would allow him to do this kind of thing with somebody? I don't. I don't well, it a, says as as Doctor Bedlam, with the aid of the paranoid pill, devised the perfect trap for oh, Mister Pickle. Okay. So it's it. Someone's narrating this now. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So maybe this all is just a big trying. They're trying to take him out of the equation by trapping him in his own mind. Maybe that's what's going on. But uh, but it's a freaking trip, dude. This is a this is a this is a head trip so far. Mm-hmm. Three issues in, there's, there's I mean, <laughs> a lot more, que- lot more questions than answers. But the, yeah, the, 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 the Jared's is crushing it, and you know this. I love that they're doing this nine panel grid thing. Oh, that's um, the yeah, cramming it down our throat. That's the best. Yep. Yeah. Um. So this is. Uh, I'm intrigued because I really don't feel like I know what's going on. I, right. I really don't. Right. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I we we obviously we just spent 15 minutes. We have questions. But uh, but I I don't know that we have answers and that's cool I'm cool with that so I think I've decided to wait till it's over to read the whole thing yeah it may that may be the play I mean yeah. that that may be the play I, I I certainly found reading Vision that way to be very satisfying so yeah right well I came to Vision late so it was the only mm-hmm. way I could read it but I do love the presentation of Mister Miracle and single issues. It's it's the first issue had that 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 sweet glossy kind of cover, um, and and the covers have been fantastic, and that, and that is why I am I'm, I'm hoping that uh, that that the hardcover that Vince is pushing for will have both Mitch's variant covers and Nick Darrington's uh, standard covers. I'm sure they will. DC's really good about that. Okay, cool. Yeah. You know who's the I best at I'm... that, though? Dynamite oh. includes all the covers in their trades. Maybe just to <laughs> fill up pages, but no. <laughs> you know, seriously. I mean, I don't know if Valiant does it. I don't. I, I, I don't have a lot of DC collections because DC didn't. The, the the collections that I guess I had, they didn't always do variant covers for, so I wouldn't have too many. 
variant covers included. Pre-variant is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. I was going to, but you're going to have someone who's like, oh, they've always had variants, and they, you know, they have variants with... They haven't always Crisis had... Yeah, they and, haven't always had variants. I know, they always haven't, but... I, I mean, maybe Final Crisis had all the covers. Maybe Convergence had those awesome Chip Kid covers. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but if they did... The word awesome and those those yeah. Chip Kid covers do not belong in the same sentence. I, I just have a quick question that, that nobody else but you guys can see. I posted something in the Skype chat. Uh-huh. Is that what you were looking for? What am I? I why do I have to download this picture in order oh, to to look it's at a, it? It's a small picture. No, <laughs> Amir, that guy. No, <laughs> right. but that's cool though. He's a big manga reader. Yeah, which is why you would listen to our show. <laughs> Jesus. Oh well. Maybe he tuned into an episode where you were riffing on manga for an hour. Yeah, but they're so infrequent. No, kidding. Punch. One Piece. The best. What you got, Vince? What do I have? Hmm. I have many things. It it depends on who I want to join the conversation. Well, I know Jason read this, and and I I, I know you did too. So let's talk oh, about okay. this for a while. This is written by the great Jeff Lemire, two-headed giant on art. We get Louis LaRosa and Miko Swayan. Color art by Brian Reber. It's from Valiant, and it's called Bloodshot Salvation Number One. It is with a Kenny Rocafort cover. Yes, but more. There were more covers than that. But I mean, I yes, think I think the, the the Rocafort is definitely the best cover. I think my I had to kind of flip through the um, the book and the framing sequence is by Miko and 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 then the flashback, the bulk of the well, what's happened? The framing is is soon is in the future whereas the bulk of the story is in the present day but i was trying to see i I thought she was much smaller or younger when i was reading the issue but then i look back at the at at the rocafort cover and and it's i mean it's not an olivetti baby hope thing but i think she looks a little taller and older on the cover now it's nothing to do with the story i was just i was i was taken aback because then i when I, i put the book down so we could talk about it tonight i looked at her on the cover and i'm like I didn't think she was that grown, but okay. So, yeah, but please continue, Vince. That may be bad art direction because I don't think Roquefort, at the time he was told to, like, hey, you or asked, do you want to do a cover for Bloodshot Salvation? Yeah, he may not have seen. He meant, actually, what, what, what gave it away to me was um, looking at the cover of the second issue. Ah. Uh, which is not done by Roquefort. It is. Oh, I really? Yeah. Not the one I yeah, have. His, his, his little um, his his signature is there. It, it's 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 facing the last page of the issue. Okay. Maybe I got a variant then. Well, but I it, didn't see this. No, this is an ad in the first issue. I I didn't know. I haven't seen the second issue cover. 
We, you talking about that image that's right before, that is a Roquefort, and that is the cover. So you're right. Of the second issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. But please, uh, we're... Oh, no, no. We're just, pressing. hey, we're still talking about it. It's cool. Um, between, uh, somewhere between the events of, of the last Bloodshot, regular um, Magic and Bloodshot, uh, Ray have had a child, a young girl, named uh, Jessie, I believe, right? And Jessie has daddy's complexion. Jessie's, <laughs> she's, she's also infused with the nanites. And um, like Dap said, there's, there's two timelines going on here. In, in the, uh, the framing sequence, it's Mama Magic and, and uh, Jessie Bloodshot being accosted by soldiers and um mama protecting her her baby but the jesse doesn't really need a whole lot of protecting no because she's got uh she's young what would you say about 13 12 13 in this framing sequence yeah i mean if oh i'd say even a little younger a little younger i was i was I don't yeah. think I don't think it's it's mutation. I'm pretty sure that she wouldn't have to hit puberty for the nanites to kick in. I mean, we're probably going to see them happen sooner. But it's yeah, I I may, maybe I mean I took, I took her to be prepubescent or at least early because I, I okay. mean she doesn't have I mean she's very she's little girlish. She's not you know what I mean like she doesn't have like curves or anything. No, but if you look at the the panel where and this just maybe bad proportion. Um, the fence goes oh, up. Freeze, kid, don't move. Yeah, free the the big panel where they where they say freeze, kid, don't move. The fence, which is usually the top rung of the fence, is usually around the four foot mark, and it comes up to the guy's above the guy's belly button in the background. So you figure about about four feet. She would be a good five feet there. You yeah, know what I mean? A little tall there, but then, but then the next page, when the guy grabs her from behind, the face tells me she, and even yeah. further down, the snap that she's much. Yeah, the snap panel. The it looks like she's she's younger. Yeah. But but anyway, so um, but even though she is somewhere around the ages of ten to to thirteen, she is as uh, capable um, of killing as pops because she rips a guy's throat out. And she is holding her own against trained armed warriors. But if you have the, the nanites, and this is what, mm-hmm. what I didn't understand of this section. Um, if you have the nanites, what's a, the big deal about being shot? Like just heal. She could just heal. It could no, be. She wasn't, she wasn't shot. It, the, the, those are, she, she no, was I'm not talking about that. Why would mom care? Get away from my daughter. Go ahead, shoot my daughter. She's just going to heal. What the, f- you guys are, you're approaching my daughter with guns. You can, mm. you can blow parts of her body away and she will heal. So wh- what's the problem? Why unless. get up? Why, unless, right, that's the thing. Unless she hasn't learned to control the nanites or they're different nanites than daddies. Well, I, I don't know. Mm. But I, like a gun to bloodshot's no big deal. Right. Who, he's, he's had, huge chunks of his body blown away and it walked you know he survived yeah 
but the thing that brings her down is a taser, which is smart because it probably disrupted everything. The yeah, everything the nanites do. Um, and I gotta really compliment Swyan that the the page with the red background that's a glorious page. It's beautiful. All the, all of the framing mm-hmm. sequence yeah. is really beautiful. A little bit too intensive on the detail. As far in my tastes, you know, I mean, this is just riddled with detail. Every fold in the fabric, every mm. hair in, in Magic's head, the trees, the foliage, like, it's very high information. There's a, there's the, the, the number of lines is, wow, it's out there, but it looks great. And, uh, I, I love Swyan's work. I think he's, he's very good. But if I had to put them both on a scale, the LaRosa side would be much heavier for me. I, I, I really think LaRosa is an astounding talent. He's a beast. He is. Um, it's, it's, it's insane. And, you know, I mean, and I would like to, if, if I hadn't seen his penciled work, I, this is almost the kind of work where you look at it and you're like, well, okay, so he just did some outlines and the colorist did, did the heavy lifting. But my man is, like Jason said, he's a beast. I mean, it, it's... It is insane, the, yeah. the level of work on these pages. Yeah, he's great. Um, mm-hmm. He, I think La Rosa draws the best magic. I mean, she's quite fetching when La Rosa oh, draws Oh, absolutely. It. Yeah. And remember where she came from, right? She's just a, she's a country girl. Yep. So, I mean, I think he captures that with the, her, in this issue anyway, her propensity for plaid. You know, it just looks, she looks great. And, mm-hmm. um, but the rub is in, in what we're led to believe is the present day, uh, magic and, and Ray are, are tending to their here very, very young. I mean, pre, she's less than a year old here. And yeah. mad, magic is, is getting phone calls. She, and she's, she's talking to, to some dude on the phone and, and she's like, you know, don't call me anymore. This is it. It's not going to happen. And don't call me daughter. Some, <laughs> somewhere along the line, <laughs> uh, Ray gets to snooping and he, he picks up magic's phone and does this little nanite jump where he travels along the, uh, the uh, cellular network and gets the traces the call back and it's 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 magic's dad who has very bad oral hygiene and um <laughs> and skin you know uh the guy has the guy has issues um he calls his daughter a slut she's got something working on her um He's, I'm gonna save her and make her pure. It's he's 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 a special special cat, and um, Ray's not having it. Um, and he gets to the point where he uh, he bloodshots out and and says, you know, I'm gonna take care of this. And Magic is like, no, just just let it go. Promise me you're not gonna do anything about this. Just, just promise me. And, and Ray, who doesn't have much in this world, but what he does have, he loves dearly. He, he acquiesces to, to Magic's wishes. He's like, okay, I, I won't. I won't do anything. But the, here's the rub. In the framing sequence, we are led to believe that Ray somehow has passed on 
He's yes. dead, which I find yes. very, very hard to believe. But, I mean, that may be magic just telling uh, Jesse something she wants her to believe to be true. Because I, I think it's much harder to accept the fact that your father is dead than your father is alive and not with you and doing something you probably wouldn't want to know about. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so Magic and, and, and uh, Jesse are fleeing and their truck is all blown to kablooey. Um, we don't really know if, if mom survived. We can assume she has. And uh, Jesse wakes up to find good old uh, Rampage. It was the with a an RPG on his shoulder, and he was the perpetrator of said explosion. So, and that's where the cliffhanger of the first issue uh, leaves us. Uh, I love Bloodshot. He, you know, he. Let's be honest. He's um, he's Valiant's Punisher. Yep. And well, uh, mm, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say something, but it's going to make make you all feel some kind of way, so I'm not going to say it. Well, you know, you can't open the door and not step inside the room. I think yeah. he's cooler than the Punisher. Oh, now you're not going to make me feel some kind of way. Maybe my brother Dap, you will. I know, I know, I know, I know. I, I, I find him more... He's more, more entertaining. He's more layered, more, more nuanced. There's not... There, there isn't... Without getting too far into it, the Punisher, the Punisher isn't. The Punisher may be one note, but they can do things with 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 Frank Castle, and they can, especially for someone like Garth, you can, you can embellish. And 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 play with what came before, um, making it a character that, that that people want to read month in month out. But it, it's you're you're not going to get much of an argument from me by saying that bloodshot is is cooler than the punisher I, they, they yes bloodshot is valiant's punisher but when it comes to which character uh which character offers more opportunities for for different stories uh it, it's it's definitely bloodshot but see i like i said okay i i really adore the character of bloodshot but there is a teeny tiny Wolverine component to the character, in oh sure, I mean, yeah, in in the sense of if someone comes against Bloodshot with a giant mech armed to the teeth with rockets and and heat seeking missiles and and explosive rounds, he's going to shrug it off. Where if Frank Castle walked up to it, you'd be like, oh shit, how is Frank going to get out of this? Because he's flesh and blood. He's, he could lose a limb and die. He could get shot in the head and die. But you could shoot a bullet into Bloodshot's brain and it wouldn't kill him. So there's a component of... It's hard to put Bloodshot in a really threatening scenario. Yeah. But Lemire seems to... See, the, the threat here is to Bloodshot's family. And that's mm-hmm. that's the way to do it. You don't you since since the the uh, the target is impenetrable. Um, you target the things that the the big bad loves, and that that's smart. But Daddy, I think Lemire's making a commentary in here on the current current state of uh, the stuff going on around us 
because daddy wants to fix America. <laughs> you know, and and he, you know, we, we got to do what needs to be done to fix this country. And and you have unlimited funds, and and the country is is uh, fueled by fear, and it's all this this jargon and this language that we're hearing every day mm-hmm. in in the media. So I do think that the current climate has influenced Lemire in this character, anyway. Mm-hmm. Those wacky Canadians now rampage i hadn't heard of until this book but i did do a little googling and i see that uh basically the nanites like a just a, a yin yang version of bloodshot but it's 100 percent nanites oh i don't know what the percentage of nanites is but yeah he's um well no well i don't know if it's changed but the the bio i read said that that Bloodshot was overloaded with chemicals and nutrients, and the nanites literally grew a second body that split off from Bloodshot and became Rampage. Yeah, he's kind of... I would call him Bloodshot's carnage. Right, but I'm saying he's not a human host. From what I mean, unless right. this is... It, right, it's from what nanites, I remember. Right. all nanites. Yeah, 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 from what I remember, yeah. yeah. But... so. No, it's cool. Um, there's there's not a whole lot to say about this issue other than it's 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 gorgeously illustrated. It's pedal to the metal fun and action, and you get a, a rare bit of humanity uh, to the character. Well, not rare these days. Maybe back in the original Valiant days, the humanity would be rare. But you 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 get to see. Bloodshot in a situation, well, Ray, not Bloodshot, Ray in a situation that makes him, that humanizes him. He has the same wants and desires and loves and, and, and fears that everybody has. And it just, it, it, it makes him, yeah, a more well-rounded character. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's absolutely worth reading. Yeah, and I'm in the unusual position of being ahead of y'all on a Valiant book, because I read number two. And it's hell of fun. Hmm. Well, unlike the Mr. Miracle, I don't want to hear a damn thing about it. No, no. It, yeah. it, well, you know from the cliffhanger of issue one what it probably is about. And it's sure. A whole issue of that. Wow. With flashbacks or without? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are flashbacks. Okay, it, cool. It, well, I, I I shouldn't say that. We we catch a glimpse of, uh, more than a glimpse of where uh, where Bloodshot went off to, what he's up to, and then huh. and then... And then we see Rampage versus uh, versus the Lil, Lil, Lil G. So is the majority of the issue illustrated by Swyan with a little bit of La Rosa or? Uh, I think it's Double Dip again. Okay. If I recall. I-I-R-C. Nice. <laughs> no, it's good stuff. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so about that character, easily digestible. For real. Yep. Real, but I mean, oh, you didn't. Oh I, wait, no, maybe that's the second issue. Never mind. Okay, I, I think I'm going to talk about another appearance of that made it made its way into the book, but I think that's the second issue. Thank you. You're welcome. I think you dick. I think you, back back in the Dizay, the the OG Valiant, uh, Bloodshot was definitely imp- inspired by the Punisher. Oh, w- without a right doubt, down to the whole mafia thing. Yeah, that yeah. was just it was. There's no two ways around it. So it was that. it was an apt comparison. 
Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. What else we got? That means something, Dak. That means you, I, David. I, I, drew, I drew you into the Mr. Miracle. Uh, you did. You did. Um, I don't know if I have anything we can tag on. We don't have to tag. I know. Although there's lots of stuff on your list that we can tag on. So, um, or at least half this stuff. So let's get into. Um, the feels for a quick bit. Oh, them feels. Uh, mm. The Astro City number 48. Oh, Mike Norton, give me all them feels. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, in in other hands, whether it, it's it's Busiek or Mike, um, I probably would have been a bawling idiot. But... I was able to accept what happened and and it didn't it didn't hit me the way the fox and the hound or or the beginning of Bambi or anything it, there are just certain things where I, I think mm-hmm. because of, of of Mike's style and because Kurt Pusick handled it and, and approached it in a way that you know within this within the context of Astro City everything that came before it, 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 it didn't, it was, it wasn't as heart wrenching as it could have been. That that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm laughing my way through it, but it just, it, it, it didn't, um, it didn't, it, it wasn't homeward bound. It just, it, it, it still had an impact, but because of how it was presented, it um, it was it was logical and it was fitting and 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 it was sad. But like I said, I I, I didn't I didn't fall to my knees bawling. Right, right. Yeah, it was it was a it was a heartwarming little two part story. It really was. Yeah, it was. Um, it was everything it should have been in the sense that you needed absolutely no history with Astro City to have enjoyed the story. And I'm saying that from someone who has almost no history with Astro City. <laughs> um, you know. The, so. The, it, it does. It, it takes place. It, it, it continues the story that was started in 47 where. Um, where. The. Uh, Hank. Uh, the dog. And. Uh, and And Andy his uh his owner they've they've been merging they, they've been g-dog for a while now uh but life has gone on and and while andy may have wanted to be a member of one of the more elite teams in astro city um hank not so much and there's a they were given an opportunity to join um the uh, the Paw Patrol, um, although originally I know it's funny they have a couple different names, yeah, yeah, um, which is basically a a monkey, a beagle, mm-hmm. a cat, and a uh, and and a um, is it a ferret? I think it was a ferret. Um, Sounds like Vince's yes, house. Yes, ferret. 
on a random day. <laughs> it does. Uh, and 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 Hank was well as G Dog. They Andy could tell that that Hank was really happy to be around other animals. Um, Andy comes clean to uh, to his his girlfriend, eventual fiance, um, which goes as well as based on their relationship. It it didn't um, it it all worked. It it made perfect sense. Uh, but the three of them. Esme and 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 Andy and and Hank um, live happily for a little while and and uh, but as dogs do, um, everybody gets older and you know when when you you may you're going to live longer than your dog so 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 your life began. And will end before your life will begin and end after the dog has been in your life. Whereas you know you are your dog's whole life, so it, it's um, it's it's one of those things where you you kind of feel for Andy because he's also Andy's not a dog owner. He's the, he 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 stole Hank, and uh, it's true he. You know, so even when he's trying to get every, he brings, he brings Hank to the vet and, and the vet is, is basically, you know, breaking things down for him. And then when he tells him, you know, Corgis tend to live for about 15 years or so. And, and he's just, but say he doesn't, he, he doesn't, he had no idea. It, it's just, I mean, it makes sense, but it's just not something he thought about. So, you know. He says the, the vet looked at me like I was an idiot who'd never owned a dog before, um, but he was right to. But it's just not, not something he ever thought about. And while it's all going on, Hank is just enjoying his moments and 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 really happy uh, to be around people who love him and and who he loves. And um, they just uh, they just try to make the best of it and 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 with their time. So they still keep doing what they're doing. Um, but uh eventually um time goes on and there is the, 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 there is one a couple panels in particular where uh it's something that a lot of pet owners probably deal with and and have to um it's it's the part of of the whole owning pets where are are you being selfish or are you are you going to be humane and um that's something that Andy has to deal with. And it, it's, it's the way it ends is, is, um, is touching. It's, it's, it's pretty emotional. It, it, it can be a bit rough. Um, but it, like I said, the way it's presented and, and I think the, the coloring really helps as well because Astro city is a bright place. So this yeah, is, a, it, it's true. not, it, it, it's not a dark dreary, uh, washed in grays, black and white, type of book um but it was it, it it was really cool and then and then the last the last page kind of ends in that that typical astro city fashion um but it was just it was it was a it was a really really good story it, it's if it was a one shot it would probably be on my 11 o'clock there's no problem i just have to figure out if i can fit it in there somewhere because we don't have a best 
two-part story category. It's true. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, it's, you know, again, if, if you haven't, if you haven't been reading Astro City, if if you got this because it was a dog on the cover or you're a Mike Norton fan, then that, that that's why I did. Uh, but it's a, um, if you do, if you are in the back issue bins or, or looking for something and, and want to give something a try uh, that, that you haven't read before, um, depending how strong you may be, it's, it's uh, I think these are two issues that, that you'd have a good time with. Well, I would say good time, but it, 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 it's a good story, I think. It, it, and I, it kind of highlights both creators' talents pretty well. Mm-hmm. I, I love the underlying message of it, which is that you get this dude and his life is changed so much for the better because of the love of a dog. Yep. And it makes him a better person permanently. Yeah. And this, I, I don't know for sure that Busiek has pets, but it would be hard for me to believe that he doesn't know what it's like to love a dog and have a dog as part of your family after reading this. I'd agree. Vince has got a, he's got a, he's got a, he's on mute because he's tearing up. <laughs> no, I just, I haven't read it yet. It's there for me to read, but I have not done so. Hey guys, uh, thanks for all the uh, podcasting greatness. Uh, you guys really put me on to some uh, really awesome books. I just want to say uh, thanks again and, uh, you know, 500 episodes. That's pretty awesome. All right, bye. One thing I have read, though, did you guys get your, uh, well, probably not, but the Image Plus number three? Did you, I don't did, think. Wait. Piscor. Oh, wait, no, hold on. No, yeah, keep, keep talking. I'm sorry. No, Piscor has another um, Image of Youth comic in there, and it, it's all centered around the magnitude of the image, the OG image launch and the and how it just pervaded it 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 crossed uh class boundaries like the the jocks are reading image comics the the nerds are reading them and he's going through this is he's in in class and he's he's looking at a a copy of young blood and the jocks come over and they're like whoa look at that knife that knife is fat and then he's uh because uh the uh, the the extremity of the of Liefeld's art, the extreme, right, just attracted these kids. And then and then the one panel says, and then we turned to the pit backup feature, and one kid says, "Dude is cock diesel." <laughs> 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 uh, it's it's just again the influence of the or- original image work, per- particularly Liefeld, on Ed Pisker's work. I I mm-hmm. think the the strip is great, and I remember he said he only did three of them when we talked to him at, at New yeah, York City. I think so. so I guess this is it. But at the end, they 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 notice that Pitt's naked, and the jocks go, "Yeah, I don't know about this. It's kind of gay." <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a great strip, but I mean, I haven't finished this issue yet. But there is a lot of content in this. Uh, you get another um, a Tomahawk chapter, which is always welcome, by uh, Donnie Cates and Ian Biederman. And there's a, 
a look into a bunch of uh, oh Trad Moore's in here. There's a, a look into a bunch of upcoming image series. There's going to be a time when I have to pull back because all these books look good to me, and right. and you can't. Oh, at least I can't order like thirty single issues a month. It's just it's kind of a lot, don't you think? Do Do you think there's a point totally. where? Well, no. Do you think there's a point where Image is going to get too large? What do you mean? Well, how many monthlies does does DC publish? Ongoing monthlies. I, I, these days, I don't know. All right, Marvel. I mean, it was fifty-two for a while. But right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Marvel's in the, the the dozens and dozens. So well, I'm lo- so I'm looking at the image lineup, and there's at least three of the of the new series that I would probably buy into, and mm-hmm. I'm getting I'm getting at least seven in single issue. So that's ten ongoings that I'm buying from Image. Unheard mm-hmm. of. I don't think I've ever bought ten ongoings from Image. Really? Yeah. It, it was uh, it was always the, the the main two Spawn and Savage Dragon, and then I would pick and choose. But I, I don't believe it was ever more than like five or six. Now it's gonna. I'm I'm getting probably around ten. I'm with the three or four new ones. I mean, it's gonna be almost fifteen, twenty ongoings. It's crazy. But what I'm saying is, do you think Image is growing too quickly? Um. No. no, I no, no. I I I think I don't think I don't I don't think their output has changed dramatically in the last few years. I, I think since they started their post Kirkman rebirth of all these semi annual image summits and all that sort of thing, I think the numbers have been about the same, and, and just in terms of numbers of books released. But. Maybe it could be that the books they are publishing now are attracting me more than the books they've published in the past. Okay. Because they are very fantasy and horror-oriented these days, mm-hmm, Where true. whereas there was still... They, it took them a while to shake the, the, the superhero um, image, I guess. Um, In the look, last uh, Diamond 300, um, which goes well beyond that, the, the last Diamond numbers, which I think go up to almost 400 books, uh, Image had 48 different books. But are they ongoings or minis or they don't? I don't know. You can't. I, I'm just. Yeah. I, I, uh, DC had um, 75. Wow. Uh, and Marvel had. So many. But a big tip of the hat to uh, Sanford Green. Cause Marvel the, had 87. Yeah, wow. Oh, wow. Yikes. This uh, comic he's doing with David Walker called Bitter Root, it looks mm-hmm. amazing. It does. It really does. All right, I want to talk about a real comic. <laughs> oh, because okay. we weren't. No, not no. See, you got it's like <laughs> you just you opened the door to that. Talk you about PTSD. It was like talking to my wife there for a second. Wow. Oh man. Attract um, claws, lady. Yer. This was bought at New York Comic Con 2017, right next to my brother Dab. We were looking through the bargain bins. 
or I think it was the $2 bin. And uh, I scooped up this entire series in one swell foop. It is a three-issue prestige format um, miniseries written by Walter Simonson. You may have heard of him. Uh, illustrated by the astounding Daniel Brereton. It is called Legends of the World's Finest. Have any of you uh, read this? Not in a very long time. Oh, but you have in the past. I believe I did. I believe I did when it came out. See, back in the day, I always had a... Well, not always, but more often than not, I had a, a, a list of regular titles. And they included a lot of DC and a lot of Marvel. So finite budget, a lot of single issues. When the prestige stuff would drop, I had to pick and choose. And this may be one of those series that I had to pass on because my, my regular order was too much. So for whatever reason, I didn't buy this back in the day. I didn't read it. And this is the first time I've read it. And I, I text this to the boys on the Slack. This, this comic spoke to my soul. This was everything I love about comics, particularly in the DC universe. Um, we have uh, a Scottish laird by the name of Tullus, and he is a formidable cat. He um, has been the perpetrator of a lot of widows. He kills men wantonly. His enemies all fall under this giant axe that he wields. And he is, the legend grows. Like his, his legend pervades Scotland and uh, spreads farther. And he gets more and more powerful, more and more renowned. Um, and it's not enough for him. He uh, starts to dabble in the dark arts. And the uh, his his clan McDougal, uh, the members of his clan are shunned because he's tiptoeing into areas that no man should should enter. So the McDougal clan push him, uh, Tellus and his his people out, and he they're outcasts. So he uh, continues to do his dark thing and gets more and more powerful, and eventually he dies. But when he dies, he falls into the clutches of Blaze, who, as we know, is is the uh, one of the the head honchos in the underworld. And Blaze takes great pride and enjoyment out of torturing Telus's soul for eternity. But that's that's in the past. In the present, you get a young Scottish girl who is rebellious and. And she's she's in her teens, so she's looking for a way out, and she wants anything to break the monotony. So she takes a boat and goes to the uh, the remains of the McDougal Castle, and and she's warned by a ghost before she goes in, but she can't she can't perceive the ghost, so the warning just falls on deaf ears. And but something was telling her to stay the hell out. She goes into the castle, and. Um, there's a lot of needless exposition in this series um, where characters do the narrating out loud 
and the 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 illustrations it's obvious what they're doing but they're telling us what they're doing regardless like um there in the rising vapor it's a book and Brereton illustrates exactly that a young girl with a flashlight rising vapor and a book like you know it's a leather bound book but i thought you know blah 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 and i love that and i dislike it at the same time because it's definitely a product of its time right this this is the way comics were made and this thing was published in 94 so semi-modern right but still the 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 old ways are very apparent in here even superman and batman who do appear in this comic they they think out loud and i it delights me in the one hand because it's a product of a bygone age but by today's standards i look at that and it's kind of grown worthy so i'm i'm stuck in the middle somewhere do you guys feel the same way when you revisit older things sometimes yeah yeah i mean sometimes it goes i say sometimes because there are things that i remember a loving and when I think back on them, I remember them well. But when I reread them, even though I did remember them, I feel like they aged a lot worse. Like they I, they lose some of their luster. Mm-hmm. And there are other times where I'll read something and love it even more than I did back then. So it, it's it's more of a spectrum for me. Right. That's why I say sometimes. But yeah, I know what you're saying. But in reading this, the 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 needless exposition was a delight and not a hindrance. I, maybe I was just in the mood, um, right? But it, it it worked for me, and I was kind of giggling um, at some of the things. Why not a thought balloon instead of a dialogue balloon? If the if the character is alone in the remnants of a Scottish castle, why would she be speaking out loud? They all do because they don't. Yeah, no, they thought balloons went the way they, they went with caption boxes and then for a while um, which can be read as flashbacks or thought balloons but I, I'm, I'm I'm with you I, I, it's one of those it's the same type of thing about um, the kind of conversations comic characters have or when they'll say right. well, a, a person's name and it's like you wouldn't talk like that in real life it works in the comic book so yeah so talking to themselves it, it's it's one way to know that um which is weird because it's it's not like Walt has never written thought balloons before. It's just, but it is it it that is something that well, you know me. I would I would kind of hone in on that and like a dog with a bone. Yeah, but it's it was fun. I, I have to admit, I, I I chuckled a few times, and it just it's a warm and fuzzy. It really is. But when viewed through the lens of today, it's it's not unnecessary. It really is. So um, this young girl goes to the Scottish castle and finds the book. And what does she do? Well, she takes the book home. And and Dad is is very stern. Uh, where you been, girly? I thought I told you. And he's not a pirate. He's Scottish. But my Scottish is not very good. Uh, I thought I told you. I told you, told you to stay away from that there castle, you know. And she's like, oh, Dad, come on. I'm, I'm a teenager. I can do what I want, man. You, you, you're old. Uh, so she takes the book. After everybody goes to sleep, she takes the book. And what does she do? Well, she starts to 
to read from it because she can understand ancient Gaelic. And the book, this is, this is really cool. As she's paging through the book, the, the, the illuminations, the illustrations in the book mirror the present. Like she sees herself in the book. Do, dressed as she is in the present in the illustration she's dressed that way and then she turns the page and behind her is Tellus and he's he's a typical Brereton magnificent magnificently designed and illustrated creature he's he's got the upturned nose and the, the fangs and the beautiful piercing blue eyes like this is prime Dan and um he he overtakes the girl, brings her into the castle, does a little bit of uh, hoodoo, mojo, voodoo reading from the book, and he infests the girl's body with the spirit of another member of the clan McDougal. David, do you know who that is? No. I'll, give, I'll give you a hint. She has, she's a hottie has plagued Superman for years. Black and white. Has a skull for a face. Oh. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Silver Banshee yeah. is a member of Clan McDougal. And Tella says, you know what, Lassie, we've been, I've well, I have been um, tortured by Blaze for far too long. This being out of hell is sweet. I'm not going back in. We need to take steps to ensure that Blaze, who is formidable, does not get her claws on us. He goes, but I need my damn axe. Where's my axe at? And she's like, oh, well, I, I found your axe and I saved it for you conveniently within the sarcophagus that's right next to you. So he takes the lid off and gets his axe and his power starts to grow, but only if he remains within the castle. So they, they, they devise a plan. We will receive aid or will will petition the aid of this world's superpowered beings and if you're looking for powerhouses in the dcu where do you go well you go to metropolis and silver banshee's like yeah that's superman i've had dealings with him he's 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 a ball buster and tell us says okay well we'll get him and then Silver Banshee says, ooh, but he's so good and so bright and so forthright. And uh, I don't know. I just, the guy just rubs me the wrong way. Let's get this guy. And she shows Tellus an image of Batman. And Tellus says, you know, I like his style. So what, they, what happens is because Tellus has removed himself from hell, the darkness starts to pervade the world. And Superman and Batman start getting very very bad dreams and um but they're they're the, the the script is flipped like clark will dream about mama and papa back on krypton but the 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 events of the dream are from bruce's childhood like it's mom and pa l in full burn Kryptonian regalia. And you know what? I don't think we give burn enough credit <laughs> for what no, I, I really don't for what he has given the Superman uh, mythology. It has remained unchanged since 
the day he decided that it needed fixing, right? They have kept the Kryptonian regalia since that day. And and I was thinking about this today while I was at work. When that whole New 52 thing, when we were like, we want our Superman back. Come on, I can't read this stuff. We, we let, let Bring back our Superman. Our Superman is the burn Superman. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah, that, I've known, because before that, it was the, even though it may have been Bronze Age, it was still silver age sensibilities it was right because kurt swan kurt swan style can't really say it changed all that much so it still was that same look the same same type of power set able to move a moon even though not go through it it was just it was was all that all that kind of more hokier science just because because it's superman it can do this whereas it's it's because burn it, it it sounds silly but humanize the character it was like listen he he uses the sun to charge himself, and there is a very—I mean, even right down to Burn saying there is a very, very thin. It's not that Superman. It's not that his skin is bulletproof. It, it's just that he has a very, very slight, almost like a force field surrounding him because he is powered by the sun. So it's almost like it—it's. It, it protrudes from him, but between making the shield larger, um, the the whole hairy chest thing, but you have uh, the, the, giving giving Lex a decent backstory, something more than you know. You burn my hair off with my science set, and uh, the relationship with Lois, the whole thing with um, you're he's right able to shave because he can reflect the the heat vision off right, of, off of right. the, the windshield from his rocket. Uh, there, there is. I, I give. I, it is. It, that is my Superman. And even though Burn was only on the title for less than two years, as he's Burn, and things happen behind the scenes. There's the, the groundwork. Even when, when, when Wolfman took over, and 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 Ordway became a plotter, and then you know you gave it to Stern, and 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 you had the whole um, weekly issues. It. It all came from, I mean, the Eradicator and and the that's, yeah, all, Superman. That's mm-hmm. all based on 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 what he put down. Yep, the magnitude of what Byrne has done had done with Superman is still being felt today. That's some powerful stuff right there. It, it, it there's, the, I mean, the whole um, there are you know, the scenes on Krypton from Man of Steel. Those. Uh, a lot. I mean, the whole thing with the birth, and and you know, here's because I I remember that from the Man of Steel miniseries, where when when Jor El was showing his wife where they were going to send their son, the first son who was actually re- the first child who was reproduced on Krypton, and 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 in God knows how many years, when when he showed her an image of Kansas and and farmers in the field. She was taken aback because these 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 people they're they're showing their skin and and you know and how can it's and and they're they're they're, they're dirty and uh but there were parts of of what Byrne did as far as recreating Krypton that that Snyder and company used and man it's still one of the few I mean which was which worked in the setting um one of the 
high points from the movie, I guess. But it, it's you're right. It, it's still now. I don't remember the whole um, World of Tomorrow event that was going on across the Superman books when when the Candorians were were made larger and um, I, I, I'm trying to remember the look of some of those characters, but still what Byrne had done as far as the, the history of the planet and uh, the sciences and, and the type of place it was. Yes. Was, yeah. was, was very much. Felt. And even up to DK three master race, you look at the Kandorians, there are traces of burn in those, in the designs of those characters. The, a little bit. The, well, yeah, it's just the the man's influence has is still being felt, and I just it, I marvel at that because, like you said, two years and then I'm I'm gone. But the 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 thing the seeds that he planted grew for they're still growing. It's it's crazy. But anyway, so um so Superman and Batman are having bad dreams, terrible dreams. Um, Superman sees Mom Pa L, um. And he is not dressed in the Kryptonian regalia. He's dressed like Bruce was. And they had just gone, gone to see a movie. But it wasn't Zorro. It was John Wayne. And someone, a, a thug, pops up and shoots the L's, leaving young Clark there to pick up the pieces. And we all know that that's the Batman origin, right? And, and Batman is having similar dreams of of his parents uh dying again so blaze realizes that telus has escaped and she's like we can't have this shit i can't have anybody escaping my realm it's just it makes me look bad it it diminishes my my stature i i just can't have it and one of her her demons says yeah but you know it has happened in the past and she's like yeah, that damn Superman. Because you know, if you read the Triangle issues, that Superman did, in fact, penetrate, uh, I don't know if that's a great word, penetrate Blaze's realm, and, and he escaped, right? So she's like, I'm going to see what, what, this, what that bitch is up to. So um, how better to, to spy on, on Superman than by possessing the body of Kirk Langstrom and sending the man bat after him. <laughs> it makes no sense. It doesn't. There's, it doesn't make a, a lick of sense, but so what? It's Dan Brereton drawn the man bat. And this is a disturbingly powerful man bat. Um, he accosts Clark and they, they throw down and the man bat almost crushes Clark's windpipe. Like that is a, massively powerful man bat i don't remember the man bat ever being that powerful where he could hurt superman i I've, i don't believe i've ever read a story where he was that tough maybe it's the demon hoodoo you know coursing through his veins i don't know but anyway so here's the rub because telus is out of hell the darkness is starting to spread. Superman starts, everything gets darker. Um, crime is on the rise. Uh, even the petty criminals are starting to kill people and, and they, they're, they have weapons and, and Superman is, is starting to be more like Batman. 
he breaks in on um, a a meeting of the Riddler and Killer Croc. And he breaks Riddler's wrist and he tells Killer Croc, open your mouth so I can shove those teeth down your throat. Like, it, he gets very dark to the point where he almost kills some petty criminals. Like, there, there's, there's one, a bunch of criminals that uh, take hostages in the postal um, building because they're upset about the rise in, in the cost of postage stamps. And he goes in and he starts throwing people around and he's just about to throw a, a perp at a, a, a stone column. And Lois is like, yo, what are you doing? Seriously, what the hell are you doing? Right? But uh, two faces in here. Like, uh, Simonson definitely stacked the deck in his favor. Uh, Batman goes to Arkham to see if Joker knows anything about what's going on. I, I, I don't know how the Joker would know, but he does. <laughs> He he yeah, gets yeah well and it's straight out of Killing Joke, the the Joker's playing solitaire, in a dark shadowy room, lit by a single overhead lamp, it's straight out of Killing Joke, and um, Batman, is this word acceptable these days to call someone a pussy? Yeah. Okay, Batman's a pussy. He has he he tried to to do what he normally does, and he fucked up royally. Got his cape caught in something, stumbled, and uh, the cops are like, "Yo, you're seriously off your game." And he's, he they they got away. He's not answering the the bat signal. Gordon knows something's up, but he goes to see Joker, and he's so polite, like he's he's just standing there, and, and Joker's like. What is wrong with you? There's something you got something working on you because you're not grabbing my my shirt, you're not roughing me up, you're not gritting your teeth in my face. And and Batman, he's he's very polite to the Joker, like he's lost his groove. And it's all because of of Telus's his influence. And um eventually Telus and uh Silver Banshee and Superman do go to hell and they best blaze and and the the darkness is overtaking superman to the point where silver banshee is now very attracted to him like she's getting gushy whenever she's around him and she's like i need to make this guy my man so what she does is she goes to earth and gives lois lane a balloon and the balloon transforms lois into an adult woman into a child so superman thinks the love of his life is gone so of course he's gonna open the door for silver banshee and they almost get it on like a dan brereton woman why wouldn't you be interested in her you know and dan he goes all out on silver banshee she is kicking the hip out in every panel she's got the the big booty and the i mean it's just he's very adept at drawing the female form right and uh so superman and silver banshee are a thing i'm not going to tell you how it ends but this is this was a love letter to everything that i i really enjoy about dc comics jimmy and lois are watching superman from the window of the daily planet as he's like rough enough people and jimmy's like that's not superman something's up and lois is like i gotta get to the bottom of this you know like that's 
That's the fuel for my soul, right? Dap, do you feel the same way, yeah? Absolutely. Yeah, is Jason back? Yes. Okay. I'm here. There you go. But I just, I adore this miniseries uh, on all fronts. The story's great, uh, fun. It's not deep, but it doesn't need to be. Uh, and the, the driving force for me is, is of course, Dan Brereton's art. I, I rank Brereton very highly on, on my, my list of favorites. He has an uncanny color sense. He, uh, the, the, uh, marks he make, he makes are gorgeous. There's watercolor in here. There's acrylic, there's pencil, um, all, all three within the same panel. Uh, his killer croc is a beast. His Superman is so much larger than life. Uh, the, like I said, Silver Banshee is absolutely jaw-droppingly gorgeous. This is a series to get. It's only three issues. It has been reprinted, but I don't think it's currently in print. You can get it on Amazon uh, Marketplace for like four bucks used. I would, nice. I w- I would highly recommend it. Uh, it's just, it's fun. The Joker is incredible. Blaze is alternately sexy and disturbing. And Brereton's Batman is great. Like, Dan doesn't do enough mainstream stuff. I mean, the last, what was the last regular thing out of the big two we saw Dan do? Was it Giant Killer? Did he have, when well, did that come out? Oh, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. Because he did, he, he did the last issue of, um, of Remender's Punisher wrapping up Frankie. Yeah, Castle. the Monster Squad, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, so that would maybe be it for me that I've seen. But the I mean, it's it's just it's a feast. It's a it's a veritable feast for the eyes. Every single panel is just stupid gorgeous. And the the, the scenes with like I think Silver Banshee is a tough character to illustrate successfully mm-hmm. because she's a uh, a beautiful woman that has a skull not a mask but it's painted on her face so there are a lot of opportunities for failure where you know drawing the the outline of the teeth over human lips it it sometimes looks wonky at the hands of a lesser artist but in this you could tell that silver banshee is a woman with a, a beautiful woman with a skull painted or maybe burned into mm. her face you know it's just in there. and her hair with the the black stripe like abigail arcane it's great this is just a phenomenal uh series but it's it's not if you're looking for depth you, you're not going to find it here it's all fun it's all that gosh golly superman and batman are teaming up so i got to read it that's this it's it's a it speaks to a bygone age this this series he hasn't done much at all in the last few years. I'm looking now. Well, I think he's making a nice living off his art books, which I, I have to admit I don't have. I don't have any of them, and I yeah. need. I need them all. Like he's there's at least in this previews alone, there's at least three, mm-hmm. like in the studio with Dan Brereton or Dan Brereton's um, horror stuff, and and he's got the Nocturnals thing that he's focusing on yeah. too because it's his, which makes sense. That may have been kickstarted recently. Uh, yeah, I love Dan Brereton's stuff. And I follow him on in the social media. I remember um, 
Do you remember the, the, the post that he made where one of his old art teachers, he met up with them and they were busting his balls about illustrating funny books? Like, you're still illustrating those funny books? You know, no. and I think Dan, and, and I just, I had to laugh because I think Dan is one of the best. I really do. I, I buy anything with his name on it's, the cover. It's a unique look. You know, he's somebody, there's, he probably could have come up in, in last week's top, um, last week's, <laughs> last episode's topic of um, artists with, with, with their, who may be, an entity unto themselves, whereas because I mean there there may be some some Ken Stacy in in some of his faces, but overall he has such a I can see his stuff and okay that's that's Dan and and I know that that, that he painted that um, yeah well the, I mean his like I said his men and women do have a particular look to them they all have mm-hmm. more often than not they have that little upturn to the nose. They're they're Wide all lips, dashingly handsome and or exquisitely feminine. Yeah, um, but it's not a bad thing, you know. No. That, that's that's his trademark. Everybody has a mm-hmm. trademark in the way you speak, the way you dress, the way you look. That that's your thing, and and to to chide a person to say, oh, all his women look the same. Well, if they're stunningly beautiful and they all look yeah. stunning, that's not a bad thing. And it, it's. It's um, it's it's you know, following him on Facebook. He's he's a genuinely happy mm-hmm. guy. He's he's one of those geeks that's just that that love he, he he loves it all. You know, he's not going to dismiss what another publisher is doing, or he's not he's not he's not trying to bring the room down. He, right. He's just always, he's positive, and, and I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, but I believe I got these for $2 an issue. And Nice. Yeah, from, from, right. from where I'm sitting right now, they could be the buy of New York Comic Con. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I just, I, 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 I enjoy having fun, especially when it's with characters that I have come to love over the decades. Who doesn't love Superman and Batman? And and when you insert Silver Banshee into the mix, it, it instantly makes me brings me back to the days of the Triangle comics. Hi, this is Richard Shannon calling the eleven o'clock comics. Just wanted to wish you guys a happy five hundredth episode. I've been a listener since the end of two thousand and eight and am a Patreon subscriber. And I love your show and hope to hear many more episodes in the future. Thanks a lot, guys. Keep them coming. Speaking of the Triangle Comics, because you mentioned Burn, um, I've been trying to play catch-up on a couple things while I was getting ready for this week. And I finally watched the season premiere of Supergirl for this season, and they Mm -hmm. introduced two characters in the first episode. One is a recurring character who's going to be a foil, um, and that's Morgan Edge. But the character that made me smile was Bloodsport. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Bloodsport. Oh, nice. I need a gun. Oh, there it is. <laughs> well, yeah, he doesn't have... It, it's, it's a slightly tweaked power set from what Byrne did, but um, I, I think... I think maybe the writers were still on summer break because she went underwater to go after a submarine and her sister, Alex, 
is is screaming and carrying on because she says, "Oh my God, she she can't breathe underwater." Well, mm, no. no, she's not a fish, but it's it's like mm-hmm. it's she was in space last. I know, season. I know, it makes no yeah. sense. Yeah, How, <laughs> so she can hold. It. I'm like, okay, so she, I I just sometimes kinda, they forget. I was uh, waiting for her to be like. Wait, if she goes too far down, the sun's rays won't penetrate, and she's gonna lose her power. Well, that that's more believable than not being able to breathe. Yeah, I, I mean, I know we, uh, I know she's our girl, and I know we got a photo with her and stuff. But but that ain't on her. She's super just... Supergirl's been rough since they cut the budget. It, it's 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 it, it's, it's veered into the it's veered into the to the bad part of the spectrum of super of superhero shows it, it's it's so formulaic it's it, it's it's like the wrestle it's like the it's like the face wrestler who loses 95 percent of every match and then makes the big comeback at the end yeah she loses to everyone she fights until her human friends help her out at the end and then she yeah. wins yeah um I, I i hate that that uh homeboy went from being like it guy to now he's like a super genius inventor like he's like he's like uh he's like vibe now uh, like suddenly like he's like oh i just invented this thing for you it's like what yeah. dude you were bro you were bro you were updating my <laughs> my, 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 my antivirus <laughs> fucking six months ago now you're now you're building me uh devices that, that that take aliens powers away really um yeah and 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 real talk i i I feel like it's so forced and heavy-handed her sister and her and the detective's relationship. Like it's like they got to make it a focal point of every episode. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think the relationship should be in the background, and, unless it's Supergirl. Like other than Supergirl, who's the star of the show, I think the relationship should be in the background. I don't mind you. Ha- you want to have her sister have a relationship like every couple weeks? It, it's it's front and center when it's part of the plot. Cool, but literally, her whole plot is her. I have cold feet. I don't have cold feet. Yeah, I, I'm proud. Of, I'm I'm happy to be out and proud lesbian. I I don't want to be out and proud. Uh, I, I'm passionate about you. I'm not passionate. It's like I, this isn't fucking. This isn't like moonlighting. I, I don't like. It's supposed to be a superhero show. I don't. <laughs> I don't know, man. I. I it's. I know. Uh, I know. It's, it's rough. It's 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 rough. I think. I. Uh, she looks good though. She looks. I, really always, well, always. that goes it's, without saying, right? It, right. It's it's a. Um, a it. Alex's fiance, Vince, is Maggie Sawyer. And there what? is a lot Wow. Yeah. There's there is a lot of them. And and that's fine because it's not well I'm not saying it's fine, but it, it, they're not Maggie I I I enjoy. Alex can be a little on the annoying and, and whiny side. And um they basically, you know, Snapper Carr. I don't think he's back for this season, but he, apparently he's on sabbatical or something. So they kind of just rearranged who the um, who they just put different faces on characters that they've had. Because even though it's not, Cat Grant is now the press secretary for the president. Um, so Morgan Andrews is going to buy Catco, but Lena Luther swooped in. And bought it out from under him. So now she's going to be in charge. Um, so just kind of reshuffled some deck chairs around. The 
the um and her um Kara is is having flashbacks to her mom. Uh, I'm also not 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 down with the whole opening music, especially when it had to deal with with, with Monel in the first episode. But with her in the wheat field and shit, I was like, I don't I don't know what the hell's going on here. But you mean Mon Hell now? <laughs> Seriously, the dude was so goddamn whack. It wasn't funny. But her mom, this season anyway, is played by Erica Durance, who played Lois Lane in sure. Smallville. Yeah, right. So, but and and still looking pretty good. But she's only in it for like she's only been in it for barely two minutes in the first two episodes that I've seen so far. So we'll see, but it's, it's still looking apparently pretty a good. Yeah. And, <laughs> and there's a, there's, I know there's a, um, there's a new character who has powers and apparently also has some connection to Kara. So I, I don't know what, what that. Well, about I mean, yet, let, let's be honest. The, the main attraction of the show has been, and will always be, the title character. Yeah, without a yeah, doubt. Yeah, she's beautiful. But even from the beginning, the, the, the episodes were not really all that. The special oh, effects yeah. the special effects are okay. No, but they the had story, some charm to them, I thought. Yeah, but it was still... Yeah. It still has a low-budget sensibility in the fact that it's not very adventurous. They play by the rules. They, they do those false scares and false plot points that you know are going to yeah, pan no, out it's just it, it's always been of a certain type it's it's not the most revolutionary superhero show on tv mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but but we watched it because she's beautiful yeah i mean okay there's there's less reasons to watch a show right whatever mm-hmm. um so yeah uh check out legends of the world's finest if you get it get it used I'm mean, I'm just going I'm just finishing up. Get it used yes. if you if you can. Um unfortunately if you are looking for image images from this series in our gallery that accompanies each episode on our eleven o'clock comics dot com site, there's not a whole lot out there. And I, I I love you people, I really do, but I'm not gonna break the binding on my uh issues to scan it. So mm-hmm. Google it. Uh, go on Amazon, get it cheap. Um, my comic shop has them for roughly like two something an issue, except for the third issue is like four bucks. I don't know why they always do that. They raise the price of the last issue in every series just because, just because. They but um, it's 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 worthwhile to get it. It's great stuff. What else Thanks. do we have? Well. Uh, per our patrons, I have one more book to speak on, and I dare say I saved the best for last. Woot! What it is? It is Sherlock Frankenstein and the Legion of Evil number one. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you with that. By Dark Horse. Uh, written by Mr. Jeff Lemire. Art by, get ready for it, get ready for it, David Rupi! <laughs> Oh, no surprise. Colors by, colors by Dave Stewart. Yeah. Uh, D- David Rubin, fresh off his uh, wonderful run with Mr. Kent on Ether, uh, jumps into this new miniseries, which is a companion book to the current reigning Eisner Award winner for best ongoing comic, Black Hammer. 
And uh, for for those that may not remember, Black Hammer is Lemire's look at a bunch of uh, superheroes who, during a battle with a big bad, are um, disappear from their world and perceived to be dead or missing. But we know them in the Black Hammer book as being sent to some strange type of purgatory that is uh, in the form of a uh, uh, like a, a, a throwback 50 style farm or rural, rural town. Uh, and they have to cohabitate and exist. Um, uh, it's a very quirky, quirky book. Um, but this is the companion piece set in their world where they uh, are now missing. And uh, it uh, at the centerpiece of the book is Lucy Weber, who is an investigative journalist who we met in Black Hammer. Um, she is the daughter of Black Hammer, uh, who is uh, missing in action. Uh, and she is, it has been her quest to figure out what happened to her dad. Um, and this is a mini series on her, uh, her doing just that. And since the heroes are all gone, she decides that the best place to start piecing things together is to, um, go to the villains who were there on the bat that, that day of the battle. And she really wants to track down Sherlock Frankenstein, who is, uh, essentially an amalgamation of, Professor James Moriarty and Frankenstein's monster. He's a super genius crime lord who also happens to be an undead uh, Frankenstein-esque automaton, or or not, or not. What, uh, what would you call uh, Frankenstein? Um, Prometheus, like kind of, the Patchwork yeah, Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and no one has seen uh, Sherlock Frankenstein since the big battle with uh, with the anti god. Um, the, the 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 heroes disappeared in a giant battle, kind of like Crisis on Infinite Earths, where they were fighting against the Anti God, aka Anti Monitor. Um, and uh, Sherlock Frankenstein was there as well, and so she she decides to go to uh, what is the equivalent really of like an Arkham Asylum, a supermax prison for some of the baddest villains around, um, who who knew of and or worked for Sherlock Frankenstein as part of the Legion of Evil. And so she, uh, in the first issue, she heads to this place and uh, to interview one particular minion of his um, who isn't very helpful. Uh, although on her way out, another minion, um, it drops hints as she's walking past the cell that, that he knows some things about what happened and uh, draws her in and, and regales her of, of his story. Um, and uh, there's a huge cliffhanger, which I'll... I, don't, I won't give that away uh, to the first issue, but uh, this is fantastic. I mean, um, this is is one part Clarice from Silence of the Lambs, one part Arkham Asylum, um, one part Transmetropolitan in terms of the, some of the stylings, uh, uh, like three parts Paul Pope. Um, it's just uh, it, it's it's awesome stuff. The the flashback sequences to the battle. Between the heroes and the anti-god are just awesome. Um, the character designs for the villains that are imprisoned um, in the asylum are just amazing. Uh, it's just so creative. I mean, Rabin definitely lets his imagination run wild with uh, the character designs. Um, and Lucy is a compelling uh, centerpiece. She's uh, She's 
essentially portrayed in this. She reminds me a little bit of Lois Lane. Um, she's a, a, a young, pretty black girl who has the same kind of tenacity and um, ability to achieve her goals as Lois Lane has always been portrayed in DC. So uh, yeah, it's a great first issue. It's a six issue miniseries. Like I said, there's a huge jaw dropping reveal at the end, but I don't want to give that away. Um, and, uh, it really sets the table for, um, for a pretty awesome group of, of villains. And it, and it gives you a look into the heroes, um, in a way that we haven't seen in the main series so far. Um, because again, in the main series, they're, they're already having dealt with being banished. Uh, we pick up with them having already been used to this purgatory like existence for some time. Um, and so this is seeing them for not only what they were, but how the world remembers them. Uh, and, uh, and like, uh, like any story like this, the, the, uh, Sherlock Frankenstein isn't, is of himself, not necessarily, um, he's like any good villain in that he, I think, thinks if he were sitting here talking to us, he wouldn't think of himself as a villain. Right, he th- he thinks he's, mm-hmm. his motivations are are are, are valid. Uh, it's just that he's got such hubris that he thinks he's able to run the world in a better way than others can. So you know, a little ex Luthor- little ex Luthorian, but uh, but yeah, the cool thing I like about Black Hammer, and then this by proxy, is that we've known Jeff for a long time, and I remember that when we had Jeff on the first time, and he was really not doing much of anything with the big two yet. Um, I remember us talking a long time with him about how he was such a fan of superhero comics because at the time people thought of him as this creator, creator owned indie darling, which he was. Um, and he really was much more interested in talking about the kind of ideas he had to tell fantastic stories in the big two. And while he's done that and is still doing that, it's great to see him marrying his own sensibilities as a indie creator with his love for capes. And this is the, this is the, 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 the Venn diagram of those two worlds. He's been very successful in overlapping with each other. And it's no surprise that, uh, in this case, one plus one definitely equals three. So, and y'all know, I mean, Robin is just my top guy, man. I just, uh, I can't explain it. At least I, I have trouble explaining it, but every time I see his artwork, I just grin ear to ear like the Grinch. I, I, I just, I love, I love, or like a Cheshire cat. I just, his, his, his artwork makes me smile ear to ear. I, uh, I just love his work. Just brightens up my day. So someday I hope to have some David, I need your, I need some art dog. Come on. <laughs> your brother out. You're bad at math. What do you mean? <laughs> you say one plus one is three. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to confess. So let's just move on. Not going to confess? Yeah. I I like Rubin's stuff. I really do. (laughs) But I'm not seeing anything that isn't done better by other people. Man, you're tripping. I'm not. I'm not saying he's inferior. I I like his stuff a lot, but I'm just. I I see all the 
the the antecedents and like okay let's talk about rumble ruby rubin is great i i don't think he is better than heron doesn't have to be better what you i'm saying is he, you haven't seen that yet though we've seen enough of it i like it i like it but it's it's rubin during rumble i don't think yeah. I, I don't i don't think arcudi wants heron to be replaced no it's not what i'm saying but, but if i'm stacking them up the 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 total output of James Heron and the total output of David Rubin, I like Heron stuff more. I'm that's, not I'm not shitting on Rubin. He's a, he's a great oh, right. great great talent. But yeah. I I see things in his artwork that uh, I can trace back to other sources, and I it's it's just it's I, I I'm not convinced. Heron that, speaks to you more. That, that yeah, I'm just fun. not convinced that he's. Um, I, I, I maybe I just need to see more of his work. I, I mean, I just think I love Heron, but J- Heron hasn't done anything like Hero, nothing. And and Rubin's put a lot more comic pages out than than Heron in their careers. Not even close. Rubin's probably done twenty times more published pages than well, Heron. I'm not concerned with quantity. Well, you just said that, though. You said we haven't seen enough of his work relative to... I'm just saying I haven't seen enough of Rubin's work. I wasn't talking about... uh, Maybe my exposure, because I have not read the stuff that you've read, the stuff from Dark Horse that Rubin uh, published, the stuff that was translated uh, after the fact. I've I've not read those. So maybe I need a glimpse at those to get an insight into why you think, you know... Why you love this this guy so much? Yeah. Well, I'd also say there's no other. I mean, there's no better testament to me than the fact that Pope begged him to be his partner in Aurora West. Okay. Well, that I have read and I enjoyed it, but I, I'm just not totally in love with the guy like you are. It's crazy. It's not crazy. It is. It's absolutely insane. Okay. Cause you nuts. Cause you say so. <laughs> oh my god! All right, but so is there anything floating out there that we all have read that we can we can triple team on something here? Uh, cognetic? No, I don't see cognetic on Jason's list. One to not going to be on there, so you guys can go ahead and talk about it. Why? Uh, um, it just doesn't. I got. I got a big stack. It's not. Doesn't seem like something up my alley. But okay. Uh, Jason, what did you love about the nail? Uh, no, I didn't finish. I I have a little bit, a couple more pages to finish in it. So, but it's on your list. How can this be? It's that on is, your yeah. It's, it's the series got you there. Oh, even yeah. Dab, even Dab's getting you on you for that one because I'm, I'm looking at the book. I I I have another like 15 pages sitting here. So, okay. oh my god, yeah. he was well, hoping to have it finished before we recorded. That's fine. Yeah, I, can I, I honestly that. was planning on reading it today, but then I saw that the bloodshots were out, so I read those instead. All right, so you know what? I'm, I'll I'll make it easy on you and give you something you can gush about. We have been teasing for the past two episodes that we were talking about Maestros number one. 
Oh, you guys speak on it. Yeah, go you no, I'm I'm passing the baton to you. Nah, dude, this is your book. That doesn't make any sense. It's this not is thing. You're, it, you you couldn't you could hardly wait to speak on this. That is true. Hmm. All right. It, it's, I'm going to sit here and look at David Rubinart. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's what it's called. It's called Vindictive. Capital V. What are you talking about? Capital V. Okay. Um, Maestros, number one, from Image Comics by Steve Scrosi and, and Dave Stewart. Um, in another realm, the head honcho is is not the not only the head honcho but the head honcho and the entire royal family are brutally brutally slaughtered by this evil wizard called Marduk and when i say brutally slaughtered and you see the double page spread you will be like yeah that is pretty brutal um the maestro the senior maestro is uh removed of his one arm uh, he's got huge gaping wounds in his chest cavity and his side. He's lying in a pool of his own blood. Semi, well, he's out of it, he, but he's still alive. And Marduk comes over and crushes his head with his foot. We see the jaw shattered and spinning into the foreground of the image. His head is broken into multiple pieces it is excruciatingly savage the way marduk and company destroy the royal family do you guys agree oh super oh, of brutal. course yeah, yeah it's it's very disturbing the women are defiled by beasts um the the men are just totally destroyed uh in 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 various ways but eaten um cannibalized ripped apart uh you need to see this double sp spread and i'll put it again I, I will uh repeat this image because i think it's worth doing so it's scrosi is in my mind at a career high with this book the the art is just it's indescribably good layout design character designs kick in um the 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 line work is phenomenal his thicks and thins are textbook they're 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 just the way it should be done in my opinion um so if we had a, a recipe a formula for what type of art is this how about p craig russell meets jeff darrow no, that's not an equation. P. Craig, P. Craig Russell plus Jeff Darrow plus who else would you say? Frank Quitely? Yep. Equals Steve Scrosi. Is there another name I should throw in there? I mean, I, I don't, as, as long as your, your knives are stored away safely, maybe Chris Burnham. Hmm. I don't think he has the grittiness of a Burnham. And I know, I mean, I mean that in the, in the exactly best way possible. I'm, I agree with you. Yeah. So the royal family is savaged, leaving a gaping void uh, in this realm. And um, Mama, whose name is Margaret, 
uh, is consulted and she's like, I have to protect my son. He's the next in line. If Marduk is going and savaging the, the maestro lineage, then um, Will is a target and I'm going to go protect him. And she takes the the uh, loyal backstabber, a sentient storm, a storm, a sentient sword along the lines of the black blade. Um, it's a very sarcastic blade. And uh, she takes the blade and goes to protect his, her son, but her son's on earth. And with uh, a massive skill set, he revels in the mundane. He is uh, a magic user of of uh extreme talent but but he just uses that talent to make money he makes little dicks bigger for cash that there was an an oil uh industry Coke brothers an oil mm-hmm. an oil industry magnate paid him a, a disturbing amount of money to have his member the size of his member increased yeah i mean there were real people though Salal Arslan is a Lebanese prince, and the Cook brothers are huge Republican donors and oil barons. These are real people. Yeah, yeah. That he references, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't know. So I wonder how the real person feels about him being portrayed as a man with a little dick. No, 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 sure, no, no. Well, that's... I'm sure they don't. Uh, they don't know much less care. Oh. It's like oh. making fun of Trump. I mean, these are like just—I don't think there's people that are well, that's, that are yeah. reading this book. That's an easy, easy mark. The Koch brothers are easy targets. Yeah. Okay, good. They're, they're the—they're the largest Republican right-wing donors in the world. Are they? Yeah, are they? Partly the reason why we're the way we are. Oh, okay. So they're, they're actually anti-Trump, as it turns out. But they're like—they're like 100 they like yeah. Mike Pence. Like they're like hella, like bring the earth back, like bring the world back to 1950. Yeah, kind of guys. Oh boy! So they're dangerous. Oh yeah, very, very. Yeah. So Will, the maestro's son, is is spending his time reveling in the mundane, the base. He he goes to strip clubs and and plies his trade for for money. And it, it's a, like I said, it's a sizable amount of money. And um, he is he's a, taken up. Oh, he is, but he's he's accosted by one of Marduk's minions and mom comes in to help but but Will has a protective spell on him he can't be killed he can be dismembered and maimed and brutally savaged but he can't be killed because this this emissary of Marduk turns into this gigantic Lovecraftian uh, mixed with Little Shop of Horrors creature and it just bites the it's got hundreds and hundreds of teeth and it just bites the hell out of him and he's a bloody bleeding pulp of disgustingness and and mom just throws a little magic his way and revives him and they they eventually flee only because Marduk shows up and it's a battle they don't want to engage in at the time but um we get backstory into um, mom and dad's uh, carnal adventures. Mom's a hottie, I gotta say, or she she was yeah. a, she was a hottie in the past, 
and which is what attracted Marduk to or not Marduk Maestro to her, and uh, the, the panel where they're actually engaging in the the sexual activity. Dude keeps his his hat on, his big old pointy hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But but we're, what we're getting here, in, in essence, is is world building. I don't care if Brandon Peterson doesn't like the term. We're getting world building where Scrosi's creating this. No, not Peter. Graham. Brandon sorry, Graham. Brandon Graham, yeah. Is creating this this mythology from scratch. And it's it's just a a joy to behold the the... The illustration chops that uh, Scrosi has on display here are a lot of people should be really scared right now. I think because he's he's this this single issue is going to be a tough act to follow. It, there's a lot of people in in Scrosi's shadow right now. The, do you guys not agree with me? This issue was astoundingly good. It was really good. It really was. Jason. Uh, yeah, no, I, I thought it was very good. I, I, I thought the pages were incredibly detailed. And uh, um, I mean, I, I guess the only thing I would disagree is that I, I, I don't know that like this is some level up for, I mean, I think he's been great for a long time. I mean, I don't know if you read, we stand on guard uh, with, that he did with BKV a couple years back, but I started it. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, but I I, I really enjoyed that, um, and uh, he totally different uh, genre, obviously, but but uh, but incredibly detailed there. So, I mean, I think the dude's been at this level, but but this is definitely a um, this fantasy setting. I think is is ideal for his right right for his styles for sure. Yeah, and and our sympathies do not lie with the maestro, the original maestro, because he's kind of a dick. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, he's entirely convinced of his own brilliance and and uh, magnitude, and he he has multiple wives. I mean, Margaret's just one in a long chain of of beautiful women. But the the fact is, once the, once Will is born, he he inducts him into the world of magic and has him trained. Um, but the training is arduous, and it may kill the kid. And he's just like, oh well. He's going to step up, or he's he's going to die. You know, like the the maestro is not uh, anyone that that has concerns for anyone other than himself. Beyond you know the the immediate, like I I would like my son to be to be schooled in magic, but you know what? If he doesn't make it, oh well, say la vie. It wasn't meant to be. You know, like he he's he's aloof. He's removed from from. The people around him. He thinks that he's all that, and he, he obviously isn't because he was summarily destroyed in in very very graphic fashion by this this Marduk character. But I would like more of a of a glimpse into what made Marduk like this, who he is, where he comes from, why he's like this. Like so, but obviously this is only the first issue, and you can only do so much in in thirty two pages. So it remains to be seen the layers that Scrosi's going to add to these characters. But I just, this issue blew my ass away. <laughs> Maybe I'm, I'm, 
not in the same category as you guys, but I just, I just think it, I thought it, I do. I think it's a revelation. I think it's it's something that um, is is speaks to the the craft that things I've read this month don't. It's 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 a, a sea change for Scrosi is great, but I have never seen him this great. Maybe because it's his own thing. He's he's driving the bus not only with the the pictures but with the words as well. Uh, yeah, stunned. I was stunned. It was so good. I did not expect it to be good. I mean, I looked at the 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 preview images for the cover and I said, okay, this looks like it's going to be a beautifully illustrated book. I'll get it. I didn't expect more, much more than that. But the fact that the story, I I think is is really good. It's not, and it's not anything we haven't seen before. You know, the, 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 the father's deceased, the son has to step up and, and take the father's place. Like that's, that's a common trope in, in, in a lot of these, these fantasy type stories. Uh, but I just think it's the, it's so visually varied and, and rich and just, it's beautiful that it's, I was, I was knocked on my ass. <laughs> and, Dave Stewart deserves some credit too because of course. the color palette is incredible yeah. in this book. What's with the flashback um where the uh we're getting the whole um heaven and earth story where where the 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 room and and I thought that panel was brilliant where the walls the actual physical walls of the room shift and move and and we see the 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 beginning of creation, blah blah blah, and Mardok is explaining everything They're that is. There in a little sofa. Yeah, but there's a rainbow blend on the faces of the characters. That was kind of neat. I'm not entirely sure why it was done, but it doesn't really matter. The it, it separates them from the events being retold, which is nice. But it's it 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 was. Atypical, I thought, and I, and I like that. When when you surprise me with with your your color and or you know visual choices, that's that's a plus. And I just I I, I wow. Maybe maybe I'm just easily pleased, but I don't I don't think so. I thought this issue was just like stupid brilliant. Yeah, I'd love to know how long it took him to do. The level of detail is insane. It doesn't seem like it's something he could have done in a month, that's for sure. Well, yeah, we don't know how fast he is, but you're right. It's it's just riddled with with uh complex panels. Yeah. And it I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure he will be hearing this review, so <laughs> Well, ninety nine's better than ninety eight. Well he heard um, you talk about it a week or two ago. Yeah. Um and I, I think he has uh a uh, a very intimidating grasp on composition. These these all these panels are just beautifully composed. Totally. He, yeah. He he he. Negative space. He knows how to work it. His his. Uh, Margaret's gorgeous. When when we see that flashback when when she's getting it on with with uh, mm-hmm. the maestro, she's gorgeous. Yeah, like platinum blonde. I'm a sucker for that. Sorry. I thought uh, the, um, am, am I the only one that thinks little Will looks like Mario? 
see a young a young Mario Muscar. Yeah, yeah Mario I'm, Will. Yeah, seriously. seriously. Yeah. Um. And I even the scene in the strip club was 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 good. I mean, he's just sitting here. He's just talking. All this crap is going on around him. And it, and it, I mean, you talked about how brutal the opening was, but he gets chewed up and spit out. Oh, and, literally, right? Yes, <laughs> yeah. literally. Thanks, thanks to mom, um, put back together. But it was a. Uh, it was. I mean, just it. A lot happened. It. I mean, you know, we 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 get introduced to to the way things are, and mom's like, "All right, well, I gotta go get my son," and then there's a lot of action there. But then we pause to do the flashback, and and we see the creation, um, and then it ends with um. Will going to live with dad, but it's it's a um, that, so I'm guessing we'll we'll get some more flashbacks as as this, uh, as the story continues. Oh, because sure. We have to you know find out why he left and 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 what else went on. But I I I like that. Uh, I I, have the, I get, I'm getting the impression that the second issue will kick off with maybe present day Will and Mom still making plans to make sure things go right and that will spur will to to think about growing up again so it, it's i mm-hmm. i appreciate the the two timelines and and telling a story in the now while fleshing out these characters so we we actually can devote some time to to caring about them and and finding out why they why they tick the way they do yeah come on a talking sword I'm a sucker for that. Uh, and, and and with an attitude, it was just it, yeah. It's, it's no, it, it really is. I mean, I I can't say that I've read a lot of things that Steve has written himself, but this was uh, this. He's knocking it out of the park with this one. It looks absolutely amazing, as we've gushed about, and we'll continue to gush about it. It is a it is a beautiful looking book. But it is it is funny, it is witty, and and the characters actually um, feel somewhat alive. They're, they're, yeah. There's, there's yeah. some there's some realness to them as far as comic book characters go. Yeah, and the the body language is great too. Like when mom yeah, when yeah. mom is hacking heads off the uh, yeah. the monsters, it it just it's so fluid and and even will it's it's great stuff. Um, I'm going to need some insight into why Marduk ravaged the maestro, why he thinks he's he's what gives him the 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 uh the mandate to just go in and, and destroy the entire royal family other than you know you're okay you're the bad guy that's great but what makes you the bad guy what what in your past has has formed you into this disgusting you have a human face for a codpiece like you're 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 disgusting. What what led him to this point in his existence? Uh, I I would like to have that. I could subsist on Scrosi's beautiful artwork for the duration of this series. If the writing is not as great as this first issue, I'm okay, just because the visuals are so beautiful. But 
I don't think that's going to be the case. I think we're going to get a great story here. I just, I, I would, I would hope that we're going to get some insight into this Marduk character. I'm, I'm sure we will, but I mean, I, I like my my layered bad guys, my Doctor Dooms and and Lex Luthers. I, I need them to have something that that I can not so much sympathize with, but but relate to. Okay, and and I hope we get that with this with Marduk. Visually, Chris. visually though, he's a he's a great looking dude. He's a great looking character. He's disturbing AF. <laughs> yeah, he has no nose. His nose was looks like it was cut off, shorn as it was. No, this is a great book. Check it out, Maestros from Image. Put it on your pull list. You won't be sorry. Mm-hmm. Hello, it's uh, Lepa I want to say uh, congratulations on 500. Jason, why are you so quiet? What do you mean? <laughs> he said, you at, asking the obvious. You haven't said why anything now? for a while. I think he's getting this in your trash. I, I need your input. I, 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 I feel I, as though I've talked about many books this evening. But, yeah. not, but not this one. This is a time loop. Uh no, well, I, I I I don't know what else. I mean, I did speak on it. I, I don't know what else you want me to say about it. I, I all right. Know. So no, that's cool. That's good. <laughs> <clears throat> what are we gonna do? Are we gonna bring this sucker home? I think so. All right. Uh thank you, people, again for being here. As always, this episode of Eleven O'clock Comics has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, where you can find such. Massively discounted books as Lobo by Keith Giffen and Alan Grant, Trade Paperback Volume 1, $12.49. Barbarella, number one from uh, Dynamite, $1.99. And Rocco's Modern Life, number one from Boom, $1.99. It's a less than $2 theme. This, well, no, it's not because $12.49. But uh, in, in your travels, I, too, am going to regale Mr. Jeff Lemire with praise because I'm not reading many Marvel books, but I am reading Thanos. Wow. Yes, because I think it's great. Uh, The last issue I read was number 12, written by Mr. Lemire. Art by, uh, is it Herman Peralta or German Peralta? Sure. Okay. Uh, Rochelle Rosenberg, who we met at NYCC, did the color. Yes, did the color. Um, Thanos is still sick, and he's still duking it out with Thane that is infused with the Phoenix Force. What? Yeah, it's one of the the few uses of the Phoenix Force that I f- don't find totally offensive. Um, and and they come to blows. Nebula's in here. Guess who else shows up, David? Are you current on 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 Thanos? No, I am not. Star Fox is in it. Well, he was in the first issue. I know, so but I mean, he any anything with Star Fox makes me giggle, right? Yes. Um, and. Thanos, I think, has realized that 
uh, Lady Death is not everything he's looking for. So he's <laughs> like, Lady Death. he's like, whatever. Yeah, I, I think I'm over you. And she's quite fetching, um, as designed by. I don't know if Diodato designed her, but he was the uh, the instigator of this look. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the the nod in terms of design. Um, no, it's just. It, it it's just fun comics. It it's it's that uh, again. It's the Bronze Age sensibility where anything Thanos really sets my world on fire. And Lemire's doing a great job with the character. It's it's an ascendancy of sorts because when the series opened, Thanos was at a loss. He was something is impacting him. He's 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 ill. He's sick. And um, by this issue. I think he has surpassed or at least risen to the challenge and he ascends the throne and uh, assumes his rightful place as the big bad of the Marvel EU. And it's just fun, great, beautifully uh, rendered stuff. I have, I enjoy reading this and it's a Marvel book. So tip of the hat to Lemire and company because... Marvel's a hard sell with me these days, but uh, this is the Thanos is working for me. I'm curious to see what um, Donny Cates is going to do with the character. Yeah, yep. So I want to catch up. I want to uh, get caught up on Jeff's stuff so I can kind of jump on the Donnies with uh, from Jump. So we'll see. Hope to do that. Hope to do a little bit of catching up. Maybe we can have a segment about it. Maybe we can. I think that's almost a reality. Mm. Yeah. I just need someone to... I need a voice that will, will capture the uh, the essence of, of what I have planned for the um, the segment. I think I have one. Well, next time, next time the cats piss on the steps, maybe we can we can use that. No, I need an older voice. Oh, yeah, no, she, definitely not. She's not, not old. That's not no, no, no. By no means, she's hot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, here's a little something that I caught up on. If we had a segment for it, I could intro it. But uh, I did some catching up because I believe issue thirteen came out maybe last week. But um, this is a little bittersweet. But it ends it, it, it ends on, on a high note for me. I shotgunned Star Trek Boldly Go numbers seven through thirteen. And uh, they seem to be treading some water because this takes place after Star Trek Beyond. So the Enterprise is destroyed, obviously. And Spock and Hero went to new Vulcan. So this way, uh, they can, um, teach and help and, and do what they can do there. Kirk is the captain of the USS Endeavor. And, uh, Scotty is teaching cadets at Starfleet Academy. Sulu was the first officer on another ship, which was attacked by the Borg. And while that captain is recuperating, um, Sulu is currently Kirk's first officer. Um, but these stories are written by Mike Johnson, 
and Ryan Parrott. Uh, art is done by Megan um, Levins and Tony Shastine and Josh Hood. Um, I was hoping you'd say Tony Shastine. Oh, his his I I, I really really um, like his take on the um, on the characters uh, because they're still um, they still look like the movie versions, but they're not stiff or uh, awkward because he moved them in a different position, but he didn't have reference for it. it, it, it he, he's able to um, he's able to actually draw the characters that that you would expect to see in 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 certain situations um but there are so aside from them not not quite i don't know if they're waiting for the next movie i don't know if they're waiting for cbs paramount to to come in and and give direction but we don't have the whole crew all together so at the moment, they're just kind of either done in one stories or short two part stories. Uh, there is a issue seven and eight is basically kind of like a who done it um, that deals with the cadets. They're 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 at um, they're at Babel where there's uh, peace talks going on and a murder and an Andorian is. Um, is, is the main suspect who happens also to be a cadet. So uh, the other cadets try to clear his name, including Jayla. So it's, it, it's nice to see was, her in a story. Yeah. I was hoping uh, I, heard, I heard that name too. Yes. Yes. You definitely would. Um, the ninth issue is a solo story focusing on new Vulcan and they, um, you is having dreams pretty much because of the previous inhabitants of the planet. And, uh, that story is, um, is drawn by Shastine. The, the first story I mentioned is, um, by Megan Levers. And it's, it's a nice, it, it's not an Archie style. Um, but Levins definitely has a, um, a more, cartoony take on on the crew um it's not as it's not as detailed it's not as as um referenced as the uh the other artists who've been on the book um the 10th issue i thought was great that focuses on kevin the uh the Tanaxian who was shown at the end of star Trek beyond who, who, who beamed back with Kirk at the beginning of the movie, he was trying to do the, the, the whole peace treaty. Um, so it's basically this, this Tanaxian who isn't really a member of Starfleet, but he's just wearing a tunic because otherwise he'd be naked. Um, Scotty is partial to him, but that was, that was again, another cute story. The, um, then it was an issue. It was a two part that, that kind of felt like an original series kind of story. Uh, a captain who was thought to be dead, uh, comes back to take the enterprise and kind of exact revenge on someone. He felt wronged him back 
the ways. Um, but number 13, I, I was really happy to get to, to this issue. Um, it's part one of a new storyline. Hopefully it's going to go more than, than two issues. Cause I think there's enough here to go a little longer than that, but it's, um, it's IDIC, which is, um, or ITIC, but that's basically, um, which stands for the uh, infinite diversity in infinite combinations, which is, um, which is, which is a Vulcan thing, but it's kind of like a, a an Elseworlds title or a what if, um, because Spock and you are thinking about, they're anxious. They're getting ready. They're looking real forward to, to getting back to the enterprise, having everything, you know, have, have the family back together. Um, but Spock kind of thinks about um, other possibilities that that could be, and they um, the story then kinds of it it takes our characters what we know to be true and tweaks them somewhat. Um, for example, Spock isn't Spock. He is. Um, He's actually Simon Grayson because mom, Amanda Grayson, apparently they were ostracized. They, they, they were, they were shunned. They were, um, they, I don't know if they were forced, but, but, but they left Vulcan to go to earth. So Spock actually, or Simon surgically altered his ears. He looks more human, even though he is half Vulcan, but he was brought up. He was raised human. Um, Pike, is the captain of the enterprise and Kirk was actually is his, his name is he, he's known as the orphan um, because his parents were killed and Klingons raised him. And he actually has the um, has the bolted eye patch that Christopher Plummer had in, in undiscovered country. So he basically looks kind of like he looks human. He's himself. But he, he he's got the whole general crank thing going on, uh, and then at the end of the issue, there's there's a uh, there's a bit of a gender bend. So it was just I I appreciate the mixing things up because, like I said, it was it, it, things weren't stale, but it's not you you didn't I didn't feel like I was as I was catching up. I didn't feel like, wow, I, I really should have been reading this as they were coming out. I'm just, they, they were fine to catch up on. And, uh, but this storyline right here is, um, is one I kind of want to read as it happens because it's, I'm, um, I'm a big fan of the mirror universe stories. I like, uh, I like it when they can kind of tweak things because we do know how things go and, and, and to be able to kind of mix things up like that, uh, is pretty fun. So in your travels, uh, read Star Trek number 13. I'm sorry, Star Trek Boldly Go number 13. Alrighty then. You love them Star Trek comics. Well, I, I, I Kind of this one. The, uh, the the previous ones, maybe not as much, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and there's, there's there's as long as Vince grabs them, there's some, uh, there's some images for y'all. Word up. Uh, all right, I'm going to try and tighten this up, keep this short and sweet. Uh, in your travels, we've talked about the first two issues of this, but uh, 
then we uh, we set it aside to have it finish up its arc. It has done so. The trade uh, came out, I think, last week, maybe this week. I'm not sure which, but uh, just fresh out. Uh, it is by Image Comics, Skybound. Uh, it is Redneck, speaking of Mr. Donny Cates. Uh, this book uh, was one of the many of late written by Donny, uh, with art by quite the name here, Lissandro Esteren, E-S-T-H-E-R-R-E-N. Um, it is a story set in a small Texas town. Uh, there are a, a family of vampires, the Bowman family, and uh, they live in a quiet life. They own a barbecue joint where they and a, cow, a cattle farm. They drain the blood from the cattle. They give the cattle to their uh, their dudes who run the barbecue joint, cook the cattle meat, take the proceeds, bring it back to the vampires, and the vampires rinse and repeat. Um, live in pretty much peaceful life. Uh, but one night, some of the younger bucks of the Bowman family decide to head into the city to go to a, uh, a, uh, a, 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 shall we say, a burlesque bar, a bar of uh, where there needs to be some strip teasing involved, if you know what I'm saying, and uh, for a little night on the town and um, against the better judgment of their dad. And uh, things don't go well. They run into another family that uh, of humans that have... Uh, basically the boss hog of the town and they have a long-standing feud with, with said family and things don't go well. Uh, and the patriarch of that family is left for dead. There's some fighting. One of their own is killed and, uh, hanged, um, and left to burn in the sunlight. So basically shit's popping off and it is a quirky little book it's it's a it's a strange cast of characters the bowman family is um there's a dad who's a heavy set uh, almost looks like uh what the hell's the name of that guy i can't think of his name right now the the old uh, dude with the mustache it was in cocoon Wilfred brimley yeah Wilfred brimley diabetes like, yeah he's got the beatus he looks like Wilfred brimley um then he's got a couple sons who look young he's got a brother Uncle, well, they call him Uncle, his brother, uh, named JV. Uh, and then there's uh, Grandpa. And Grandpa is, uh, for most of the book, is only seen in the shadows. Uh, he's up in the he's up in the uh, attic. They keep him up in the attic. And we know him to be very, very ancient uh, and a bit old school. And then there's a little girl. And the little girl is um, much like Grandpa. She's psychic. She's she's got hella hella big psychic powers on top of being a vampire, but anyway, um, this this basically is a situation where uh, these vampires have gone out of their way to live uh, and cohabitate coexist with humans, but once a vampire's blood boils, once they get their hackles up, basically it's almost like a, a berserker rage. They can't uh, once they've been set off. It's hard it's hard to piss them off, but once they're pissed, um, there's no turning back. And so we, we, because of the, the, the hijinks that ensue in that first issue, uh, basically it, it becomes a all out war between the Bowman family and the town. Uh, and, uh, some strange twists happen along the way. We also get a flashback to JV in particular and find out his origin story. Um, and, uh, and it all comes to a, a very both violent and oddly satisfying, um, in that you're rooting for the Bowmans, even though they're vampires, uh, mm-hmm. conclusion. 
Um, there is more coming, but the, this first arc is a is a completely contained uh, story. Beginning, middle, end is is all set. I mean, if they never put another issue of this out, um, these six issues definitely stand up as one singular story. But but I do believe if if the book sells well enough, that there are some tension to to tell other tales of the Bowmans. But uh, let's just say that Grandpa is uh, a badass, and uh, visually Vince would love Grandpa because he's he's like. He's like uh, Nosferatu meets like Woody Allen in a wheelchair. It's a very, very funny, funny-looking creature who, uh, who, when push comes to shove, uh, given his age and his uh, his uh, purity, is quite the force to be reckoned with. Sounds good to me. Yeah, it's good. It's redneck. Um, yeah, and I've never I've never seen the artists before, um, but uh, it's groovy stuff. It's uh, it reminds me a lot of Guy Davis, um, kind of in that camp mm, of okay. someone's trying to picture it in their head. A little 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 uh, more, a little looser line in that in that uh, I don't think um, Esterin is is like Guy Davis. I think. He's got a cartoony, exaggerated style, but but his line is pretty tight. Like he finishes each line. Uh, this is Esterin's a little more free with it, uh, a little more frayed around the edges, a little more uh, frenetic, um, but but tight though. But I mean, not t- uh, but tight and right though. But really, really uh, very enjoyable and and well suited to this kind of book. Um, uh, I think I think uh, you're perfectly suited for for a book like this. That's uh, it's you know I think meant to evoke a bit of um, you know a bit of a hybrid between some comedic elements and some outright horror. So it's a good fit. It's a good fit. Nice. All right, everybody. We would thank you once again for being here. We do have two shout-outs, though, don't we, for the Patreon supporters? We have one for tonight. A one. A one. And uh, that is Demetrius Hansis. Ooh. What, what? Nice. nice. Thank you, Demetrius. If, if you're not a patron surpri- subscriber, what you have missed is a video hangout that we engaged in this past. Finally. Yeah, this past weekend. I guess say that, and uh, we had, we had a true because our patrons have waited very patiently and not given us crap for they have for taking yes yeah, so thank long you for that it. yes we, yeah. we we definitely appreciate that but we yeah. are uh, making a beeline to a better, more versatile, video chatting uh, platform and that will be uh, implemented very soon because uh, it limited the amount of people that could join the chat to ten and we don't want that we want more. Right. So uh, we're we're working on that, but thank you for uh, being there. But if you weren't there, you could be there. Check out our Patreon page, uh, Patreon page. Jason, where? www.patreon, which is p a t r e o n dot com slash eleven o'clock comics, and that is one one o'clock comics, all one word, no no apostrophes, no anything. Just patreon dot com slash eleven o'clock comics. And by the way. Hmm. Our uh, our EOC Illuminati tier 
uh, where the original Illuminati's that started when we started will be getting uh, into their six month care package zone in November. We have eighty one of them at this point. Oh, so, so over the next few months, we are going to be busy beavers when it comes to packaging up stuff. Oh boy! Yep. And um, also, we are due for our EOC New Gods tier, uh, where they get to choose a theme for our live show. And uh, we're, we're coming up on that next month as well. So Nice. We'll, we'll need to set that up. And uh, there are 10 New Gods uh, so and above. So there's 10 New Gods. There's, there's two Celestial Beings. Uh, and there's one Sugar Daddy. So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but Wait, before that, we have to do ten episodes in November. Yes. No. Well, if ten people pick the theme, no, they no, get no, no, they get no, the they vote. Votes. Which already rules. Oh, they it's all. a vote thing. Uh, yeah. I want to do ten so, episodes in November. Dude, Speaking I would, I, I would, I would want a divorce if we did ten episodes in a month. <laughs> That's too much. Uh, we need some time to space out. Let ourselves breathe. And 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 speaking of things that people voted on uh, before, all of the other goodies that were just discussed uh, i do believe our next episode will be the book of the month yes which it's, is locker re- revisiting your classic yeah welcome to love so yeah um sweetness yes we will we will serve it up in good fashion what were you going to say jason just one other in your travels that, that um and god you know what uh, I, I probably shouldn't mention it because i just realized they're, they're gonna hear this after the fact Today, there was a comicsology sale where you got 50% off Jeff Smith stuff. Mm. And I just thought it was cool because I know a lot of us already own Bone in some form, but I bought the complete Bone uh, for half off today, so for 10 bucks digitally so that I can read it on the iPad with, uh, with Holden. So I already own the, the, the physical copy, but I just, for those who, who want a digi copy, I, I don't know if the sales multiple days i just know it started today so by chance if you're a jeff smith fan then at least check out comiXology tomorrow in case it's still going on you better and all that and please check us out on the facebooks and we have a nice group that everybody uh just has a ball participating in uh we're on the twitters and uh as usual the 11 o'clock comics site proper 11 o'clock comics.com we did you in your travels we love you so much uh, come back because if you don't there's a certain person in residence who gets like pissy i don't know why you refer to yourself that way Nah, yeah. it's not me that's why mm. by the way we have seemingly gotten past our deluge of nigerian ne'er-do-well Group yeah, well, that's a good thing. <laughs> I don't know if we blocked enough of them; they just gave up, or, or what? Yeah, they're like, f that. They don't like I mean, we blocked a few hundred over the last month or two. Yeah, yeah it's been nuts. <laughs> Maybe there's a huge fan base for Eleven O'clock Comics in Nigeria. You How know, do you know? A part of me thought about that. I thought, man, if, what if <laughs> they all get around, they all get around one hut, and and that's the, yeah. yeah that's when the, when they stop worshiping the Coke bottle. They may come to <laughs> listen to eleven o'clock comics. If the if the names were even passably real names, <laughs> I would go for it. And if they answered more than one question, and and then answer it in a way where, how long have you been listening to us? Yes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> What's your favorite comic? 
that one. I, all of them. Oh. My fa- my favorite answers, and by the way, some people have answered this way and gotten in, is when it says, when when did you first hear about or listen to 11 o'clock? And they're like, I didn't know that there was such a thing. Yeah, I didn't know there was a podcast. I never it was, listened. It's like, okay. But then, but the next, that, by the way, that doesn't exclude you, though. I mean, if, you, if right. you're a real person and you respond to the other questions properly, we have let people in with that. I mean, that, that people have started to hear about the forum through other ways. So if that that's cool. I'm not saying you don't get in for that, but but it is funny to me. Because then they'll answer the other questions it's like, well, you know, what's what's your favorite comic? And they like, you know, list a whole bunch. So it's not, and they don't just say Batman in lower cases with a space. Right. It's like it's it's yeah. actually, you know, they 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 may not know about the podcast, but they they know the answer to the other questions. So yeah, if you take the time to fill out the form to get into the uh, Facebook group, and it's only what three questions. Three questions. And you do not put the hyphen in Spider-Man, Dap will bounce your ass. <laughs> so if you're a real person and you want to join up and you love Spider-Man, make sure that hyphen's in there. Yeah, and the questions are very simple. How long have you been listening to the show? Why are you interested in joining our group? And what's your favorite comic book now or of all time? So, Easy peasy. Big time easy piece. Yeah. Yes. Say goodnight. Uh, David. Wow, again with that. <laughs> Good night. Hi, uh, David. Nice. Did you, uh, I'm sure you've all realized, uh, maybe not you two in attendance, but. Um, our 500th episode was pretty massive. We yes. we have almost rivaled it in with the combination of our last two episodes. <laughs> so I have a funny way of making y'all stick around. Well, we knew tonight was going to be. Well, yeah, but we're, th- we're we wouldn't be here if we didn't want to be here, bro. Well, maybe. Yeah, but we're three. Uh, we're over three hours right now. Yes, yes, that's awesome. We, Which we, is why we serve it up. I said Jason was getting his in your travels ready. Don't worry, you 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 do you. You you, you play Geppetto. Jason and I are, we're, we're we're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Jason would let, let anybody be a, a puppeteer. He has some devious plan in motion that I don't know. Oh, about. you see behind his eyes. Yeah. yeah. No, I just I just like to celebrate great art. That's all. Cool. There you go. I don't know what that means. Uh, whatever. Um, hey, come come back next time because gosh darn it, we love you so much, and we will be here waiting for you patiently. Just do it. Say good night, boys. Do it. Good night, boys. Shout y'all. Mm. Wow.
back of the road. 